Wherever you are in the world, welcome. I'm Kevin Abdurrahman. This is How Do They Do It? If this is your first time tuning in, take a moment to subscribe to our podcast. Here's why. Every episode, I sit with a guest, a beast, a game changer, a great mind, a leader, or just someone whom I admire and would like to have a chat with. If you resonate with a specific guest, I would be grateful if you review and share it because it will make their voice heard. And hopefully, more people can get inspired, get informed, and get going. And oh, by the way, I might not be doing this for long, but for now, I take summary notes of each conversation. So, if you do like the podcast, you can go and download the summary notes to any specific episode. Simply go on kevinabdurrahman.org forward slash podcast. I hope that with any given conversation, something sparks up in your heart and mind to help you be the best that you can be. Paraphrasing Bruce Lee, absorb what is useful, discard what's useless, and add what is specifically your own. Enjoy the conversation. How do you become a pro photographer? Perhaps one of the most renowned in Dubai and the go-to figure by many of the largest companies in the world. Well, there are many paths that you can take. Few matches the path taken by my guest today. My guest grew up in the US, studying in New Jersey, doing business administration and networking. He starts off as an engineer at IBM. Yes, the big blue. And I want you to remember this. It's right brain. He then works as a technician for the NBA. Yes, basketball NBA. Again, right brain. Then he gets into finance, owning his own business in California, trading securities with high-profile companies on Wall Street. Right brain again. That business crashes. Unfazed by that, he gets into the manufacturing of audio equipments. That business brings him to Dubai, first in 2007. For the next couple of years, he goes between California and Dubai. Because of the business, he decides to move and settle with his family in 2010 in Dubai. That honeymoon period for his business comes to an end within a year. He is exited from his company. My guest, after 15 years of self-employment and owning his own business, finds himself in the lines of interviews looking for a job. It wasn't easy. They wouldn't give him a job. He was overqualified. Finally, he gets picked up by a company where he becomes the chief operating officer. That journey takes him from 2011 to 2017. It is then when he makes a public decision to make photography his life. He gives himself one year, one year to bet on his passion and make it work. Well, that bet paid off. My guest today is a sought after photographer, creative director, and a commercial drone pilot. He is the ambassador of several brands and the CEO of TG Media Productions. His work is recognized all over Dubai and regionally. He has a huge international following and it's for good reason because when you can capture shots the way my guest does and when your playground is Dubai or as he calls it his Disneyland then you too would also follow him because you'd love his stunning pictures. You know him already as TG from Dubai or just TG. This is How Do They Do It? I'm Kevin Abdurrahman. My guest today is Ihsan Salhiya. Bro, 
What's going on, man? I appreciate your time. Uh, thank, thank you for, you for having me. It. Thank you for Welcome having me. Welcome to the show, bro. All right, looking forward to it, man. Excited. I admired you a lot. Okay. And then, oh, I appreciate that. <laughs> truly, truly. Both your pictures, um, your style, your vibe. Oh, thank you. And then uh, my brother and I just just hearing you speak, man. Yeah. You're a machine. You're an animal. Well, I appreciate that. You've given me more credit than I'm due, man. I appreciate that. No, it's true. Great intro. <laughs> um, thank you. I'm going to save that. <laughs> We work very hard to make sure that uh, uh, we beautiful. treat our guests special. For sure. Um, what's apparent to me, just the last hour of us having a chat, yeah. which we didn't get, what a shame, we didn't record all of that, <laughs> but we had a great conversation. It's apparent to me that you're just an amazing salesperson. Yeah, thank you. <laughs> How does that come about? I mean, was it because of your upbringing, like in, in Jersey? Did you feel like you had to... Well, I grew up in a very... to be sharp? Yeah, I grew up in a very competitive uh, neighborhood. Uh, well, area, I guess. Uh, I guess you know, if, if you didn't, if you didn't try to come first, you didn't come at all. Right. So uh, you know, playing sports, uh, basketball, baseball, I never wanted to sit on a bench. So if the other guy was better than me, then I'm not gonna play. So and and, and that also was part of the streets as well because we played a lot of street basketball and football. So none of the guys would pick you if you didn't try to be the best. So. I think that kind of carried along with me throughout my life where I tried to be the best at everything I do. And part of that was, I guess, public speaking, sales, and, and business. Being able to hustle, just yeah, make just, it happen. Yeah, hustling to make it happen, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Apart from that, we'll come back to the sales and okay. how, how um, you've implemented that throughout your life. You're also good, you're good at marketing and branding. And we can, what's apparent is TG. Yeah. People around the world, they know you, you know, as TG yeah. or you know, TG from Dubai. Yeah. How did that come about? Well, I, again, that's another you know, interesting one is uh, I grew up in an area to where if you needed something, uh, people would say, go ask the guy from the Bronx. I'm from New Jersey, and we were always between New York and New Jersey. So I'll go ask the guy from Manhattan or go ask the guy from Patterson. So uh, when I came here, I was always involved in researching businesses and doing things. So I got to learn a lot of things. So people would send each other my way, send other people my way, and they would say, go ask the guy from Dubai. And when they would come to me, I would say, yeah, well, this is how you do these things. And when I heard the name, the guy from Dubai, I'm not from Dubai, but when I heard the name, it was interesting. So I took it as, uh, you know, I like that. I'm going to use it. Absolutely. So, uh, I live here. Why not? I'm going to put that as my social media. And uh, when I, you know, it was, at first it was the guy from Dubai, so, but that was massively long. So I said, I'm going to cut it down to TG from Dubai. And uh, then over time, it got confusing because people started thinking I'm from Dubai. And I didn't want to give them the wrong idea. So I said, okay. Uh, I, I found myself explaining yes. what TG from Dubai stood for, what that means since I'm not from Dubai. And I said, you know what, I'm going to go by TG, but the handle grew a following. Yes. So it has to stay with me. You know? So and I go by TG now, the guy. Yeah, the, <laughs> you know? that guy. Yeah, go ask the guy. <laughs> but the reality is it's a great branding because, yes, we do it around the world, but yeah. the reality is I, I've seen on my feed a lot of photographers. Yeah. Very few I remember the names of. So even if I like their work, yeah, yeah. I don't remember it. And the essence of branding yes. is you can't forget the guy from Dubai. Right. Yeah. And then after a while, I'll just TG. 100%. If it has a good ring to it, I think that's part of business and branding is you have to capture it. You have to hold on to it. Initially, yeah. I uh, wouldn't remember your name, and I'd be like, oh, yeah. TG. Yeah. I had to go, oh, yeah, his, his name is actually Ahsan. Yeah, there you go. Exactly. So yeah, that's fantastic branding, man. Uh, branding is, I think, key to everything that we do, whether you're in business or not. Uh, we brand ourselves every day. That's why we're on social media, and then that's that we introduce ourselves. But introducing, giving yourself, telling yourself, my name is Mike, you're branding yourself and what you do. So I think having a way to, to have others remember you by is uh, very important. Get inspired.
Whether you're in Dubai for business or pleasure, the last thing you want to do is blow your budget on accommodation, which is why I recommend you check out our host venue partners, Rove Hotels. Beyond being price sensitive, what I love about Rove Hotels is the fact that they are a combination of cafe, culture, and just coolness. Even my guests, many of them, when they arrive before we record or after we finish recording the podcast, they actually comment. They go, wow, this place is cool. The vibe is amazing. And it is amazing. So if you're in Dubai for business or pleasure, I recommend you check out our host venue partners, Rove Hotels. This episode is brought to you by M Dojo. Whether you're in business or new to business, you need three things. A good website, traffic, and being able to convert that traffic into paying customers. That's what MDojo does best. They're able to create for you a functional state-of-the-art website, drive targeted traffic, and put in all the elements needed in order to convert that into paying customers. Isn't that what you want? Of course it is. Give the team at MDojo a call and see how they can help you increase your sales and profits. Tell them I sent you. Their website, mdojo.co. What would you say um, helped you build your social media profile? Because we all start at zero, right? We all start at zero. And this is a very good question because uh, everyone was, everyone's always looking for shortcuts. Yes. You know, good content is your shortcut. Mm -hmm. uh, if you have good content, people will watch. If you're consistent, people will stay. Uh, so, you know, they, they'll come once, see what you got to offer. Uh, and, 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 if you, and if you keep coming back, they'll keep coming back. Uh, but if you go away, they'll go away. So I think that's a very important thing to note. Well said. Yeah, it, that, that's, that applies to everything, I think, in life, especially business. If, if you put branding, marketing, business, it all ties in. Yeah. yeah, consistent good work. Consistent good work. And you have to put in the hours. You know, while the people are sleeping, while other, people's are, while other people are sleeping, I was out shooting. Mm -hmm. So that was part of my, the first year of, yeah, that was some dedication there. You know? yeah. yeah. Lots of long days, long nights. Yeah. Long days and long nights. Or, you know, the, my days started at uh, 4 or 5 a.m., depending on the season, to go out for shooting sunrise. And no one knew who I was at that time, uh, but they know who I am today. Mm. You know, so it, it, it paid off. Hard work does pay off. Yeah. So we'll come back to the photography. Yeah. But as I said in the intro, it intrigued me because I don't believe a lot of people know this about you. They'll see who you are today. Yeah. They'll be like, hey, CEO of TG Media Productions. Yeah. He's a photographer, a videographer, he does drones. This is all creative and your right. work is fantastic. Thank you. And it's all left brain. Yeah. But when I look at what you've done leading up to this, which I'd like to go there, it's yeah. all right brain. Right. So yeah. can you take us through? Um, you're studying something which is also right brain, business yeah. administration and networking. Right. Yes. By choice? Uh, I was growing up, I wanted to, I knew I could sell stuff because when I was going to school, I was also selling cars. So, you know, and the, that kind of car or real cars? No, real cars that you drive. In the right. Street. Okay. Yeah, I was 16 years old washing cars. And then uh, uh, I was not allowed to work because I, I wasn't allowed to work in the front area because you needed a work permit to, uh, to work uh, legally above 18 to right. do certain things. But when you're under 18, yeah, you do whatever you want. You know, it's fine. Um, this is in Jersey still. This is in Jersey. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. N not a work permit in the sense like here, visas sure. and whatnot. Uh, but, uh, you know, you had to be above a certain age to do certain things. Sure. So they, uh, I found myself 
work, I, I, I always said to myself, I could do what they're doing. So I perfected what I did as far as washing cars. So yes. I was the best car guy there. I loved cars and I loved washing them. So my cars were the cleanest. But I, you know, I slowly worked my way into sales and it was just by chance that uh, they saw something good here and they said, hey, you know how to do this? And then first day on a job as a salesman, uh, once I reached the age, because yes. I, I was there for a few years, I, I, I sold a big car and I made a large commission, largest commission in my life at that time. How much was it? It was fifteen hundred dollars for that one for that one Man. car I sold. When you're young, how old were you then? Yeah, 18? At, that, at that time, I was just finished high school, going into college. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So uh, yeah, I was uh, eight, 19, 20. Okay. Yeah, nineteen. Yeah, twenty. Yeah. yeah. I mean. No, no, 18, I'm sorry, 18, yeah, yeah, 18, 19, yeah. The same effort that you put in into cleaning cars, and this is where yeah. a lot of people, they don't realize, yeah. I'd love to get your thought on it, is yes. they think that, oh, I'm just going to do this, like, yeah. whatever, this is whatever, when I get the job that I really want, I'm going to give it my all. Yeah. I, I, Whereas they don't realize is everything that you do, you yeah. need to give it your fullest. 100%. This is, this is the mistake that people make in life, especially young people growing up when they're, when, when they're led to believe that, this is the glamour job that you need to work hard for. Uh, they, so what they do is they, they look at this and forget about this, but this is what's gonna lead you to that. So, uh, you know, whatever I did, uh, I did with full responsibility. So if it was uh, washing, cleaning cars, mm. before that I was, a, a, I remember being a, a warehouse boy, stock boy, when I was in high school. I remember bagging groceries before that when I was in grammar school. So I was, uh, you know, throughout my whole life working. Everything I did, hey, if it was stocking cans on the shelf, I made sure they were stocked perfectly. If it was cleaning cars, I made sure every spot was taken care of because this car is going to go to someone. And if, and if it was sales, I tried to make sure I sell every customer that came through the door. You know, but now I'm going to do it money properly. Yeah, I'm going to do it properly because it's going to put more money in my pocket. So uh, I, I think being responsible at a young age uh, is, is very important to how far you're going to get in life and your success. Uh, and, and, and look, we all make bad decisions when sure. we're young, because that's not what we're talking about here. But just whatever you do or whatever you're doing now in life, just if you're cleaning floors, clean them good. It's the choice to be responsible. It's yes. The, it's, this part you have a control over. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. It's uh, uh, the idea or the, uh, the thought process of, well, that's not my job, so I'm only going to you know, clean tables. Cleaning floors is someone else's job. I think this is a big mistake uh, because if you if you clean the tables and you clean the floors, you may think that no one's noticing, but someone will eventually notice. And if they don't notice, it's fine for you. You just taught yourself a, a responsibility. That's right. Because one day you're going to be in that position to where you're giving people choices, to, or you're going to be the choice decision maker for people's lives. You That's know? right. And you're going you're to have a sense of responsibility that that you carried over with you. Mm. You mentioned when we were off camera that you're an aggressive salesperson, uh -huh. but you're you're an aggressive salesperson, but you do it differently. Can you yeah. tell us about that? Yes. So, uh, and, and the sales, okay, so car, car salesmen and real estate, uh, uh, real estate people, uh, they, they, these are some of the most hated people in the world. That's true. Generally speaking, we yeah. don't have a positive association. Of course. Yeah. They, Insurance, uh, real estate, car. There you go. Insurance, real estate, car, uh, all these, they, they, they just, there's a negative connotation that attaches to them. It's because they're very aggressive and they're not very truthful. Mm -hmm. So I used to, look at the com competing salesmen because it was a competitive floor that was to compete against each other. Uh, and I used to look at their sales tactics. And I remember one time, this salesman, he was one of the best salesmen. 
he just got made so many, so much, so much money yes. on a monthly basis and so many sales on a, uh, he was consistent. So I was looking at his sales tactics because I wanted to learn from him. And then he was selling something that you probably heard of before called an undercoating. Okay. Okay. There is a reality to undercoating. Coating on the car, you know, protection on the paint and all this other stuff. So he was selling it for like 1,500 times more than the actual price. And I said, no, there's no way this customer is going to pay. So there was a retail price, a recommended yeah, retail a price? Yeah, and this guy was way, way over. over. I mean, way over. And he sold it as, and he, can, he was very convincing. Heck, I wanted to line up and buy what he was selling. You know, that's how convincing he was. So, so it, it, I, and the guy bought it. But then I said to myself, man, there's two things wrong here. All right, in sales, uh, you, 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 can sell, you can sell something, you determine the profit margin. Right. That's not where the problem is. So you want to go high, and if the customer's buying, you know, that's, that's a different situation. But he's really not selling that product, because you know, the guys in the back, there was never a work order given. So I watched the whole thing happen. The car went to the back, was prepped for delivery, and then the car was picked up by the customer. The customer came back an hour later. This customer bars through the door with his foot, yelling and screaming and look, calling the salesman by his name, looking for him. The salesman heard him, and he went through the back. He ran out. The general salesman, was, the sales manager was right there. He's like, what's, what's the problem? What's going on? He said, I paid for this undercoating to protect my car. And So the undercoating was they lift the car up, and they actually put some, because we lived in New Jersey, and there was snow and slush and bad weather yeah. and salt. So it's supposed to protect the, the bottom of the car. Uh, forget about the price. You know, that's his sales tactic, and he's, he's a good salesman. So that's, that's not the argument. The argument was it's not being applied. It was never given. And that because that would increase his profit margin. So if he took in more money and then didn't give him the all, service. the, all the services, yeah. he ended up making more profit because he can redo the documents the way he wants them done. And then, so I, I'm seeing this whole thing unravel. He says, he tells the, sales, the general sales manager, he said, I bought this item and he didn't apply it to my car. Mm. So I want this done right now. So the sales manager was very upset and he said, the customer said, I want to watch this being applied to my car. So I said to myself, I said, he finally, it finally you know, caught up to him. Yes. His sales tactics, being a bad salesman, this is what I mean. He's a great salesman as far as convincing. But he's a bad salesman because he doesn't retain customers and he cheats them. Mm. I said, I don't want to be that guy. Mm. You know, so that, that's what... That uh, was the moment where you go... Yeah, I said, I'm not going to do... I'm gonna, there's a way to make money the right way yes. without lying and cheating. You know? And that's the decision I made there. And you can be aggressive, but you can still do it the right way. The right way. Yeah. yeah, for sure. Yeah, you give people what they pay for. You offer them things that you actually give and sell and provide. Uh, you know, you, you, you're honest about how you do business. I think that goes a long way. Mm. And people can see that eventually. 100%, man. Yeah. Get inspired. One of the questions that I get frequently asked is, Kev, how can I increase my motivation? We see great individuals, we see achievers, like many of the guests that I'm bringing on the show. They have the energy, they do so much, they're in a state of flow. How do they do it? Well, my team and I have released an article which I've made available on kevinabdurrahman.org forward slash blog, the ultimate biohacking guide to increasing motivation. Or you can simply Google Kevin increase motivation and the article should pop up right at the top. It's absolutely free. 
read it, and most important of all, take the bits and pieces that are relevant to you and apply it into your life to increase your motivation. I hope you find the article of value. If you do, feel free to leave your comments and also share it with your circle of friends. Again, you can Google it, Kevin Increase Motivation. It will be the first link that pops up or on my website, kevinabdurrahman.org forward slash blog. After university, you go and you work as an engineer at IBM. Yes. Right? Yeah. What was the lesson you learned? I got laughed at. You, okay. Why? So I, it was the biggest dream of mine to go work for Big Blue. Sure. IBM. And I think and back in the days, back then it was big. Yes, yeah, it was like, oh, you work for IBM. Go for many, yeah. yeah. So uh, everyone would say, "Wow, you got a job with IBM?" It's like, yeah, it was, you know, I got I got lucky. Thousands of people would line up to get that job, and then, you know, it's, it's, how I mean, did you get the job? It was a funny story, actually. <laughs> so uh, one day, I, I'm. Uh, I'm, uh, I'm only asking because yeah. you said I got lucky, and I'm just wondering, was it luck? Well, it was. I, okay. Well, I, I think a little bit of luck. Yeah, yeah it was, I'm selling cars at the showroom, and then. Uh, one of the salesmen I work with, he's like, uh, so what are you doing after school? Are you, are you gonna he's like, ah, I told him, nah, I think I want to, you know, I'm going to do what I'm studying. You know, I studied business, but then I'm also going to do the IT networking thing. And he's like, oh, uh, give me your CV. I know a guy that's, uh, that, that, that's at a company, at IBM. I was like, yeah, good luck with that. I said, right, here's my CV. I don't think I'll get a job there, but okay. He's like, why not? He's like, well, come on, everybody wants to work there at that mm, time. Yes. So uh, a month later, I get a call from a guy. And, from uh, the guy from well not from the guy actually from, from the guy. guy under the guy okay. <laughs> and uh, he says uh, come in for an interview and I was like oh okay amazing I'm coming in so we went in for the interview and then uh, he says to me how do you know so and so I said I don't know I don't know this person he says to me he's like well He's the director of this territory, so he put a he put your CV on my desk, and if he puts your CV on my desk, that means I should pay attention nah, to this. Yeah, that means I should look at it. Yeah, so I looked at it. It's interesting, and I wanted to meet you in person to see how did you know him. But you said you don't know him. I said, I, I know someone that knows someone that probably knows him, and they asked for my CV, and I just turned it in. I said, wow. He said, okay, well, you know, uh, you don't have the job yet, but it's just an interview. So, did the interview process and. And it, and, it, and it went well. And at the same time, I was applying for Cisco as well. Mm -hmm. uh, so Cisco and IBM, I love both companies, and that's what I wanted to do. That, that's, my, that's what I wanted my future to be. Uh, I get a call from, the, uh, from IBM and said, hey, congratulations, you got the job. I was like, no way. He's like, yeah, cool, amazing. A day later, or the same day, I get a call from Cisco. Yeah, and I, they said, hey, congratulations, you got the job. Said, oh man, I have to turn it down though. I was like, why? This was your dream job. This is what you told us. I was like, it is my dream job, but the other one's also a dream job. But I already committed to the other guys. I already said yes. Had Cisco said yes first, I probably would have taken Cisco over because Cisco offered more money. <laughs> Interesting. Yeah. Cisco offers you more money. Yeah. 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 Most people would take it. Of course. Yeah. Between Cisco yeah. and IBM, both yeah. companies you like, Cisco yeah. offers you more money. I would have taken it. Absolutely. Yet you didn't because. I already said yes to the first guy, and the first guy was IBM, and I would find out years, a few years later, that this was the turning point in my life. The you, fact that you that you I chose IBM. Do you know why? The Cisco job, and this is actually this gives me shivers, man. The Cisco job was on the 98th floor in the World Trade Center. Oh, wow! Yeah. My friend, <laughs> I'll tell you, I got goosebumps just oh, thinking back. Oh, wow. 
the 90th floor, and then my friend and I applied for the job. I didn't get the job, so they gave it to him. So I immediately called my friend. When this happened, I was at the NBA, and his name was Lewis. And, I, and I'm calling, he's not answering. Oh, and I was like, oh, man. I oh, said, no. wow. So it wasn't my place, it was his place. And that's what happened, right? So then he calls me back hours later. Where have you been, damn it? I said, what, what's going on, man? What, 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 are you not? Because the towers had, had yeah. fell. And he's a, he's, a, he's a comedian. So he says, oh, man, your people are crazy. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if you want to put that on, but I says, my people, what are you talking about? I was like, listen, you're alive. I'm just happy to hear your voice. He says to me, I quit yesterday. I was like, this is unreal. Oh, wow. So it wasn't me and it wasn't you. We both were not meant to be in that building. That's true. Yeah, yeah. So I, don't, you know, I know we diverted now. We went off, yeah, off but topic, it, but. <laughs> wow. I, I, yeah, that, I, I'm wow. telling you, that, that, that blew me away right there because uh, that was a, a, a I was a guy that always went to work. Yes. I, 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 it, when I was sick, I would go to work. So I would have went to work. And I would have went early. But God loves you. And, and I think this I, is a repeated I, I, theme. I hope he does. Yeah, I, perhaps I, in I, life. I, I, but you, you did this out of morals. Yeah. yeah, mean, yeah the story and the hindsight is amazing. Obviously, we, don't know the, we can't see the future. So right. we don't know what's going to happen. So I, sure. the, the decision part was... Yeah, I already said yes. I have a reputation as a human being. Yes. People didn't know who I was, and it, it, it didn't matter to me. I know who I am, and, you know, and, I, and I have strong belief in God, so God knows who I am. And, and that's good enough for me that even if I know what I'm doing is right, it mm. should be right. So if I told uh, you know, uh, uh, person number one that I'm going to take something from him and I agree to his terms, that means... Even, even if person number two comes around and his deal is better, I can't take it. So I ended up going with... Respect, uh, man. And people laughed at me, not because of that. People laughed at me because when they found out how, how big my, how small my paycheck was, and they didn't understand the, the, the idea. So I, my vision, I always had an understanding of, it's not how much I'm making now. This mm. doesn't matter. You know, one day I'll make money. Now, now I'm, I'm, I'm making a life. I'm building my life. I'm building my future. And I understood that at a young age. How old were you when you were thinking like this? Uh, at IBM, I, I just 19, 20, 21. It was right out, actually 21 because it was right out of college. Yeah. And not many people think like that uh, ever, but at 21. Yeah, chasing the money. It's a rare, yeah, like a rarity, yeah. Usually chasing the money at that age. And, and, and I, we all wanted money, and I, that, that, that doesn't mean I didn't want money. Sure. I wanted money. But I know that if I can put IBM on my resume, or what we call here a CV, that meant something to me. Mm -hmm. That was a part of my life that I passed through and it did good. So I worked for IBM. People laughed and said, oh, I can't believe you're making, uh, you know, I'll say the number, I was making $12 an hour. Like, you're wow. making $12 an hour. Big yeah. blue, small paycheck. Yeah, big <laughs> blue, small paycheck, exactly. So, uh, and I did it for a year. After doing that for a year, uh, I get a call from this company mm -hmm. that says, hey, um, would you like to do an interview with us? I was like, well, I already have a good job. And I said, well, we do a type of interviewing that's uh, virtual. So you just come sit in a room, there's no one in it, and then we just record you, and then we send you out to different companies. So they're an agency. Sure. I said, ah, it doesn't hurt. I guess, and hey, say, it builds your profile. They sold me on it. I said, okay, fine. I went in and I did my whole uh, interview thing, and then, then I got a call back and I said, hey, there's a client that's interested, and here's how much the pay is. And this, this was not 100000 it was under 100000 I think it was like 60000 or something like that. But... 
was way more than IBM was paying. Sure, at twelve dollars an hour, that's yeah. a big difference. Yeah, yeah, yeah. to sixty k a year. Exactly. Yeah. So then, uh, I went back. I said, "All right, I think I'm going to take it." I put my year into IBM. It's good enough on my resume. So I went. I told the the manager. I said, "Hey, I'm going to give my uh, my two weeks notice, and uh, you know, I'm going to I'm going to be leaving." He's like, He's like, "You're one of the best technicians we have. Why are you going to leave?" I said, well, "I appreciate the opportunity, and it was good, but..." Uh, now it's time for me to think of how I can make more money. It's like, yeah, well, you, you, you're due for a raise. Your year's up, and we'll give you more money. I said, I don't think you can give me as much money as I'm getting from the other guys. Mm. He's like, well, just how much is the other? How much are they giving you? For you to compete, you'd have to give me a fifty thousand dollar raise. <laughs> we need to go five x yeah. on this. Yeah. So he says to me, he's like, that's more than I make, and he's, he's a manager. <laughs> so I said. Yeah, it's in the entertainment world, sports entertainment. That's probably why I told him. You know? And then he says, who's the company? I was like, uh, at, at that time, I, oh, no, I'm sorry. At that time, I was told. Afterwards, I was told. In the beginning, they didn't tell me who the client was, who's going to be hiring me. Right. So when I found out it was the NBA, I was like, oh, my gosh. Yeah, no way. I I'm love basketball. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This sure. is amazing. So then they, uh, when, I t when I told him, yeah, it's the NBA, he was like, oh, man. He was like, all right, well, listen, I don't blame you for leaving, but... Uh, yeah, you got to go, you got to go. So I took that job, and uh, that's... Uh, Hello, NBA. Uh, NBA, uh, I got to go to all the games and got to do everything. I uh, It was a dream job, honestly. Yeah. Because it was a very well-paying job. I got paid well to do what I love doing, being around people. I love being around, you know, just sports guys. But something interesting happened six months later. The manager comes to me, and she says to me, She's like, uh, we gotta let you go uh, because we can't afford you. I was like, why? What do you mean? I said, you guys are the richest company in the U.S. What do you, you can't afford me? She says, yeah, well, you know, look how much we pay. And I saw a number of like a hundred thousand plus. I was like, that's not how much I received. Don't forget, I'm getting my checks from the agency. So I said, uh, I don't get this much money. And she says, yeah, that's what I was gonna tell you. You have a choice. Either you we got to let you go or you break your contract with them and come to us full time because I guess the agreement between sure. them and the agency finished so they can do that. So I said, how much are you going to pay me? She says, well, we can only afford to pay you this much. That was 30000 more than what the other guys are paying me. So, <laughs> so I'm making more money without even trying now. You know? So uh, then getting rid of the other guys is actually going to increase my salary by like another $30,000. Now mm -hmm. I'm hitting the 100 k mark plus. Nice. Yeah, so... And how old are you at this point? Uh, 20, because it was a year later, 22. And yeah. this is back in... This is back in 99, yeah, 99, 2000. Yep. For a 22-year-old, that was good money. Making $100,000 plus back Doing then, what you love, surrounded yeah, by cool uh, people? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Turning was, up to games? Was, yeah, I was, I was helping my family, my parents. Yes. I was living at home. I was paying all the bills. I was doing everything. I was making 100000 I got plus. this, mom. I yeah, got this. Don't worry about it. Yeah, exactly. It was good. And back then, yeah, that's, that, that was amazing. Uh, but, but I still had bigger dreams. Okay. So a year later, making all that money... Yeah, I still had bigger dreams. I still wanted to. I always said to myself, one day I'm going to be CEO of my own company. And I remember those words. And I think when, I, when you're young, uh, two things matter. Uh, money, mm -hmm. style, or maybe you should, money and position, money and uh, title. Sure. So you, you can call it whatever you want. But these things are, are important to us when we're young. And we find that when we get older, you know, that kind of changes a little bit. Sure. Money is still important because you have to pay the bills. That's right. But now it's more of how I settle and, and keep things going is what matters most. So when I was young, I, kept, I, I remember saying to myself, I'm going to be CEO of my own company one day. 
So I went to hand in my resignation to the NBA. With no... Uh, no, well, oh, I'm sorry. Yeah, there was a plan. Yeah, right. <laughs> there was. A, there's always a plan. <laughs> it's got to be a plan. It has to be part of the deal. There's risk, yes, but there's got to be a plan with the risk. Because you're a risk taker. You're you're bold when you need to, but you plan it out. Yeah, not like stupid risk. No, yeah, you can't be reckless. If you are uh, being reckless, is uh, that's just not the right game. That's not the game for me. Mm. That might work for other people. Be um, because you, when you you're at the NBA, six figure income in terms of salary you're yeah. 22 years old yes it's a tough decision you have to make to hand in your resignation yes what did you factor in like what was what what was the opportunity that came to you okay so i always since i wanted to be this dream was to be a ceo down the line i right. knew this wasn't going to happen in the near future but down the line i needed to learn and understand business more okay so i have a background i studied business okay so business administration and there was a lot of things that came with it but i have no actual experience besides besides in high school selling cassette tapes for music i used to record music and then go to high school and then i'll sell you know buy buy a whole box for five bucks and then put the music on it put the music on record. it and so, exactly and then sell each tape for five bucks so i le i learned the concept of making a profit you know buying something for a dollar and selling it for 10. Uh, so I, I i learned that part and uh, but then i said there's, there's a there's a bigger way to do this and and whoever's that guy sitting on the top, I want to be sitting where he's sitting because he's doing this mm. a, a thousand times over. And that's how he's building his business. I always, that was always interesting to me, how and business works. Who were the figures at that point that you thought, oh, I want to do what he does? Like, who was he? Well, okay, Bill, uh, Bill, Gates. Bill Gates was yeah. always there, yeah. just coming out of the garage, uh, you know, doing this. Uh, Steve Jobs, these are guys that I grew up like, yes. thinking like, wow, those guys made it. Look how they did it, you know. I want to be like them. At that level. And it wasn't always, it, 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 what's, I think one thing I always appreciated, I appreciate now, I never calculated money. Mm -hmm. I, 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 never, I never allowed money to be the deciding factor. Uh, it was a motivation, yes, it was important. So when I took the six-figure job for the NBA, it wasn't because it was a six-figure job. Now, mind you, it wasn't a six-figure job until I found out later and then I got boosted into there. But I took it because it was the MBA and then it was something I loved doing and it was all in one and it's a step up in salary. Mm -hmm. So uh, th that's the reason I, I, I did that. So the whole thing with the next chapter in my life was I wanted to be a CEO of my own company down the line. I still needed to learn business. You didn't know in what, whatever, just, you just no knew idea. I'm going to be a CEO. Uh, yeah, that's what I want to do. It. I want to be a businessman. I want to build a company and make it successful. I, you know, I want to do that. I get a call from someone I know, and it was out in California. And he says to me, uh, why don't you come down here, learn this business. This business was car audio retail. And then from there, after you learn it, we can uh, maybe go into business together. You'll run, a, you'll run the shop and it will be 50-50. And so this pull, pulled on your, your kind of dream or desire of yeah, wanting to be a CEO. This is the path I think I'm going to take. This mm. is what decision that I'm going to take in my life right now. And I, I, I am going to do this. So when I went to my parents and I said, I think I'm going to do this. They're going to say, you studied, you worked hard, and you got your dream job, and you're making more money than all your friends at that time. Uh, and you're going to throw it all away and you don't even know what you're going to do there. So, well, I'm going to be working there. Like, but, you know, how are you going to live? How much are you going to get paid? 
that didn't matter to me. Was it, it was it the same figure you were making, like six uh, figures no. and six figures it, in the next opportunity? There was opportunity? a six involved, but there was only two zeros after, and it was biweekly. <laughs> uh, yeah, it was biweekly. Yeah, so there was a six involved. Yeah, <laughs> but it wasn't figures. It was six hundred dollars. Wow. Yeah. yeah. So, so that a, wow. So that's a ninety percent ninety percent pay cut or uh, yeah, like a, a seventy eighty percent pay cut. Yeah, wow, ninety yeah, percent. Massive massive cut. Yeah. So see again that that for me this is how I proved to myself that my motivation wasn't always money. It was always something bigger, and that, that's uh, uh, this, this is how I made my decision. <clears throat> so I actually made the decision, and I, when I went to the manager at the NBA, and I, I remember her name is Anita, and I told her, Anita, I'm going to resign. She's like, oh my God, why? You're doing so good. You actually can make it to the next level. Next level is actually gonna, a big increase in pay, because you go into network administration and script writing and all these things, and, and, and you know, you're, you're on your way. And I said, yeah, but I, uh, I love what I do, and I could probably do it forever, but I have a different dream. And I was like, what is it? She's like, and I remember s s uh, sitting back and putting my hands behind my head. I said, I want to be CEO of my own company one day. And then she says, wow. She says, that's an ambitious dream. I was like, yeah, I know it's not going to happen now, but she says, no, go follow your dream. And she says, if that's what you want to do. She says, I can't believe you're leaving. And I said, yeah, sometimes I can't believe it either, thinking about it, just, uh, you know, but uh, I think it's something I have to do. Made the decision. How long did it take you to make that decision? Are you the kind of person who, like, do you need weeks? Do you need a day? Do you sleep over it? Uh, I definitely think about it, but I don't need uh, weeks over weeks. Uh, I just need a little bit of time to think about it, plan it out, see if it makes sense. You know, there's prayer involved, you know, so, uh, and, and I take all these things. I take the necessary steps uh, to make that decision. Uh, obviously now I'm older, so I take them, uh, there's, there, there's more things involved, there's a better thought process. Sure. But when I, when I was young, I still did kind of, it was on kind of the same You still foundation. planned it out, right. Still planned it out. So I, the, the plan was go down there, learn this business. After learning the business, open up this business because this individual had promised he's going to open up a business with me. He and I will run the business. I will now learn how to do business on the back end and the front end. I already know how to do sales. Then from there I could expand and do whatever I want to do. Not only were you making six figures, you yeah. were newly married. Yes. I guarantee, yeah. and I know if this is just my, a lot oh, of friends. No, not yet. I didn't get married at that time. Yeah, I was engaged. You were engaged? Yeah. When I got married, then I, I made the decision the same day. Hey, yeah. baby, we're, yeah. <laughs> we're taking a 90% pay cut. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Let me take you to Kelly. Oh, man, yeah. that was A, a lot of people wouldn't have taken that. It's a, it was risky, and you need support with that. Yeah. So, yeah, my wife was very supportive on that. God bless uh, her. Yeah, yeah. She, that, that is something that's very important. Uh, so the, you go to the phase and you, you're in California? Yep, going to California. And at $600 a week now? At $600 every other week, so $300 a week. Oh, wow, yeah, okay. Yeah, $1,200 $1, a month. Way over 90% pay cut. That's what I'm saying, yeah. There was a, it was Sa a same cut. style living, furniture? No furniture, no nothing. Slept on the floor. Actually, the first few weeks, uh, I slept at a relative's home, which was very difficult. You know, it's, uh, you're in someone else's home, so you're invading their privacy and you're, you know, you're being a guest that uh, and and after three days you're becoming unwanted guests that's you know? true so that's that's just part of life uh so yeah i had i was barely making enough to pay rent uh in fact i remember i needed a co-signer to sign for a lease of the apartment because my rent wasn't enough to cover it so they wanted to make sure that someone else can cover well, it for me. so i had to bring a family member and say can you sign for me so i can live here 
did you not have savings? I mean, you were making a truckload of money. Did you just yeah. spend it all? No, I actually, because I took care of my parents. Right. So one of the decisions that I made, I said, all right, if I'm going to make this decision, I can't leave my parents just like that. Sure. So I took all my money, you know, in my bank and cash, and I gave it to my parents and I told them, you guys need to live off this for a while because I'm not going to be able to support you for I don't know how long for the first few months. I'm not going to be able to t take care of you. So take all, I, and I gave them every penny. And I remember actually not thinking clearly at that point because I was like, yeah, I really want to do this to help my parents. So I gave them all my money. And then I was like, oh, man, I don't, I don't have enough to buy food at the airport to, until I get to California to feed my wife. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah. So I went to my friend. I didn't want to go back to my parents, and I said, hey, can I borrow a thousand bucks? I went to my friend, and I said, can I borrow $200? He says to me, $200? What do you need $200 for? I was making more money than him. And he said, uh, 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 well, I told him, yeah, I just, yeah, I'll pay it back to you. He's like, it's not the problem. He says, but it's $200. I never wanted to take more or whatever. I just needed enough. I told him, yeah, just 200 bucks. I'll give it back to you. It was just, I, I calculated, I said, all right, if we buy a few meals from here to there, if we finally get there, I'll stay with a relative, I'll have enough meals there to, you know, until I finally get the job. So I calculated everything out, I said, all right, we're good. 200 bucks will cut it. And I remember after the second or third paycheck, I, I sent him back the 200 bucks. And, but that was the thing is, that was the one thing that I rushed, is I gave all the money without, without leaving anything for myself <laughs> that went broke. <laughs> it tends to happen, I guess, yeah. Uh, but yeah, that's what happened with the money. So I, 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 yeah, I had a stash of money, but it, I, I left it. I gave it to my. It's friend. just when you said I can't, I had to get a co-signer for the rent, and I'm thinking, yeah. well, I was making six money? figures. What yeah, are you yeah, gonna yeah, do? Yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah. So no, I, you, taking care of my parents, I, I couldn't just leave them there. You know, so I had to leave them with enough because I did not know how long it was going to take me to get on my feet and start, you know. I respect you, man, because yeah. at 22, 23, that. that's a, quite a responsible thing to do. Yeah, I was the oldest, so it was, I think that's part of it, that's another thing, is being the oldest, there comes with responsibility. Mm. And so I was the oldest of six, so yeah, three boys, three girls. And I always had to make sure, I had to do everything to take care of the, you know, but my, my father was there, he was a hard worker, a really hard worker, and I, that's a lot but of you credit felt it was, it was your thing to step up and... Yeah. And yeah. take care of the family who took care of you absolutely. growing up, right? Uh, absolutely. Yeah. Yes, absolutely. 100%. Yeah. All right. So yeah. you started this awesome venture at $300 a week? Started this awesome venture of $300 a week. Yeah. And it was a challenge because six months in, I remember, uh, there, there was a lot of confrontation. And it, the anticipation or the expectation wasn't where, uh, I guess you could say, um, uh, what was delivered to me wasn't what was promised. Um, so I remember, you know, there was a count, a sales counter, and I had my elbow on it, and there was no customers in the in the showroom. And I was saying to myself, it's like, did I make the wrong decision? Mm. And then I was like, man. I, and then I said to myself, well, I can't go back. I made this decision, so I got to make it work. So I remember right after that, it hit me. So I had a down moment to where, wow, I made a I made a bad move. But you didn't dwell on the depression. You're no, like, I no. got to do something I, about I, it. I it was almost instantaneous because. Uh, uh, I thought about it for a little bit, and then I woke up, and then I said, well, there's no way I'm going back, so mm. i got to make it work. Uh, it is what it is, and I, I guess I have to live like this until I figure something out, uh, because it was a struggle. It was a struggle. Uh, but things kind of worked themselves and out. And then there was way. a pivoting <laughs> moment where a Japanese man walks into your life? Well, that comes in after. Okay. Yeah, that comes in after, because the person I was dealing with at that time... Somehow his business, uh, one of the locations that he had burned down, which mm -hmm. happened to be the location I was working at. So 
I guess uh, there was some, you know, uh, I guess he felt he made the wrong move or he didn't want to invest with me and do whatever he wanted to do with me uh, as far as opening up a business together. But uh, the business burned down. Every employee got a call back saying, hey, uh, you want to come work here? You know, you at a, at yeah, another branch? At, or? At, yeah. You know, he had a bunch of stores. So the employees would call me and they'll say, hey, where are you going to be? Where, you know, where are you going to move to? Where, where did he move you to? And I said, um, well, I didn't get a call back yet, so maybe it's coming at the end of the day. I never got a call. So that's when I realized. I got no job. I got no job. I got fired with a fire. You know, so place burned down and Sorry, so did my job. Yeah, I know. <laughs> I got fired with the fire. Yeah, I, my job burned down along with the fire. So I said, man, I'm in another state. I'm six hours away from my parents by plane, you know. So it's, what am I going to do? I'm and a, they don't know that you've been struggling. I have no idea because I didn't want to worry them. So I didn't want to tell them, here's what's going on. Here's what happened. And I got no money. Send me some money. No. Whatever you know, whatever I left there is for them to take care of themselves. Mm -hmm. So uh, one of the friends says to me, one of the coworkers says to me, he's like, "Hey, listen, you have other uh, people that you know here, mm -hmm. you know. So why don't you reach out, reach out and talk to?" Them? I was like, "Yeah, but you know, I don't want to go knocking on people's door and, and make them feel uncomfortable and, and have them feel obliged or you know doing me a favor." Yeah, they, they feel, yeah, exactly. They're doing me a favor. He's like, "No, one of them's a really good guy. You can just sit with him and talk to him." Well, I said, "All right, sit." Gives spoke, you a job. Spoke with him, gave me a job. And uh, it was a job, same thing I was doing, you know, which is, a, you know, car stereo sales. And uh, that's what I started doing again. And so in terms of context, uh, mm -hmm. you were like retail selling. This is retail, car yeah. Car audio equipment. Yeah, car audio equipment. Speakers, right. amplifiers, radios, people would come in and I would buy them. And then sales, is, I knew how to talk to people, so sales was natural. And this one day, uh, this is another life-changing moment here, where this guy walks in. Japanese guy, uh, nice guy, and then uh, he says to me he wants these items installed in his car. So, uh, you know, I have my sales face on and my sales hat on, and I said, okay, yeah, get the calculator, and that's going to be $5,000. He says, okay, he looks at me, says, yeah, okay, and he says, he throws cash on the, on the table, on the desk, and I said, okay, all right, took his cash, take the car to the back, they start installing the speakers, his radio and everything else. He sits across, and then he's watching me, as I'm selling other client customers that are walking through the door. And then he says, uh, after he comes up to me and he says, hey, how would you like to come work for me? I was like, well, yeah, thanks, man. I already got a job here and uh, you know, committed to this guy for now. and uh, I'm okay. He says, well, you'll make a lot more than what you're doing here. I was watching the way you sell and the way, you know, you, uh, you'll make a lot of money. I says, well, okay, so doing what? He says, you know, he starts telling me uh, about his business. It has to do with real estate and, and finance. And, I said, yeah, it's not for me. I'm not interested. I don't want to be behind a desk doing stuff like that. I said, that's not for me. He says, no, no. He says, uh, you know, uh, I said, I don't have school for it either. I'm not licensed. He's like, no, you're not going to be a real estate agent, and you're not going to be a loan officer. You're not going to be any of these things. You just, you're just going to call people and uh, talk to them. And that's, I, a, that's how he sold it to you. That's how he sold it to me. He's a salesman himself. I said, so money's going to come out the phone. He's like, no, just, I'll, I'll, show, I'll teach you. I said, all right, what do I got? He's like, look, you can do it at your job here if you want. Just, I was like, so, okay, what do I have to do? He said, just take the phone and here's, a, here's a, a list of people. Call them and see if they're interested in the service and products of, uh, that we offer. Very, sounds like Wolf of Wall Street yeah, kind of thing. That's exactly yeah. what it was, actually, <laughs> yeah. And uh, farm packets, that's exactly what they do. <laughs> they give you farm packets and they, you call people that are expiring or interested or somehow tied into a lead. And it's a very cold call. 
So I'm making these calls. And I finished my calls. So you scratch them off, scratch them off, and then you make numbers next to the ones that are interested. And then, and then I was passing them to the guy. So the guy, after a week or two, he calls me, uh, after two weeks, he calls me, he says, hey, listen. He says, the deals that you passed me, they bought in $30,000. I was like, nice. What's my cut? He's like, well, we never discussed the cut. I was like, that's where I, that's where I messed up, you know? <laughs> he says, no, no, that's, he said, forget about that. That's chump change. I said, chump change? I was like, man, that's good change. <laughs> give me that yeah, chump change. The, exactly. He says to me, he says, uh, he says listen, uh, why don't you come work full time? You'll make 10 times more, maybe 20 times more than what you're making there now. I said, man, uh, you know, it's not, this guy helped me out and he gave, he. Your current employer. Yeah, yeah you know, so I, I don't want to just leave like that. So I, uh, he says, well, I have an idea for you. Why don't you take this person that, you know, that bought you in and bring him in as a partner? And then you can become a partner too. I said, but I don't have cash. He says, have him invest on your part and you'll get that money back and, and he'll get the money back and all this other thing. Now, this is an employer-employee relationship. Yeah. Uh, just to set the context. Yeah. He's my boss. He's your boss. And yeah. he, he's saying, go to your boss, ask him if he wants to invest and yeah. we can have a company, the three of us. And I'm going to be partners with my boss. So, yeah, so you that, do that because it's just... Well, it was a tough sell for me. I was like, wow, okay. He's a nice guy, but yeah. let me go pitch the idea. Not very natural. No, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it doesn't feel yeah, natural yeah, yeah, at all. Not at all. Absolutely not, yeah. And, and I said, okay. Um, he gives you the show time? Me, show me the idea in, in, in general. So he shows me the business and how it can... So I could, you know, for me to sell something, I have to understand it. Sure. And I have to appreciate it and like it. So he showed it to me and I said, okay, yeah, I can, I can make this work. We can make a lot of money with this business. So I go to the guy and I said, hey. Hey, boss. Hey, boss. I got an idea. And it was super hard to get a, a five minutes with him because mm. he was always busy. And, and remember, I'm his employee. Sure. So uh, it's not that easy to give me the time of day, you know. But he gave me five minutes eventually. He says, all right, you got five minutes because I really have to go. So I had five minutes to do the sale of my life. This is the deal that was going to change my life. And it did. So I sat there and I pitched and I pitched and I pitched for five minutes. And then he looks at me and he says, I like it. And then I said, you want to do it? And he says, let's do it. And back of my mind, I was like, really? <laughs> Shoot. Wow. Okay. He actually said yeah, yes. Yeah, I said yes. Like, wow. You know? So, he, he said, uh, so I said, you have to put up $150,000. He says, okay. I heard you. Yeah, yeah. He says, let's do it. So $150,000 and I'm a partner. So now we are three-way partners. Said, yeah, let's do it. And he said, I just need everything in writing. And I want to see, meet who this other guy is. And then let's... Did that surprise you? And you managed to sell what is yeah CEO is of his own brand yeah he was the CEO of his own company because he had, it was a franchise that he had yeah of all these retail shops right yeah. but to not only is the dynamic that you're an employee to a boss but it's a, it's a big ticket item hundred and fifty thousand dollars yeah, biggest sale of my life at that time yeah I remember yeah before uh, yep hundred percent well then I sat him down we did the whole deal and then the, the hundred fifty thousand that was invested in the company we agreed that it would all come back to him because I negotiated that to protect him. Sure. So I went to the Japanese guy. I was like, listen, what do you need the 150000 for? He's like, well, we need to set up the company. We need to do this, this, and that. And we need to get certain approvals and whatever. I said, okay, if the company, if I get, if I get this, so now I got the approval, but I didn't, I didn't go right away and tell him, hey, I got the approval. Mm -hmm. Now I have to negotiate the other side. I said, hey, if I get this money, it needs uh, to be on this condition. Yeah. Can we give him, after we make the money back, can we give him 150000 Can it be put in as a loan? Mm -hmm. 
he thought about it and he says, yeah, if you make the money back, and I said, look, you have nothing to lose. You already run your own businesses for you. This is an additional branch. Sure. It's nothing. And you sold him on that yeah. idea too. And he said, yeah. He said, okay. He says, fine, I'll put it in writing. Puts it in writing, 150000 it's a loan. It's good, it's that. Now you guys have a business operating. Now we got a business operating. So I know nothing about running this business. I only know how to sell people. So he was supposed to help me and teach me this Japanese guy. This is where it gets really interesting. So now uh, he's sitting at the chair over there and I'm sitting over here and I'm cold calling every day. And, and then I pass the deals to him and, and I see that he's not getting around to them. So I said, uh, his name was George. So I said, hey, George, um, maybe I could help you with that. So what do I need to do to get that to you know, the next level so money starts coming in? He says, well, you know, we talked to this lady named Karen. I said, okay, God, we talked to Karen. So I asked Karen, Karen, what do I need to do? So Karen showed me what to do. She was a really nice lady. She was like, hey, well, look, fill this out, do this, do that, and then submit a whole file, and then just do this to me on a regular basis. So I started Showed you the process. That's it. Yep. So I learned the business. Since I'm a partner, I need to learn what I'm doing. Sure. So I learned the business, and I learned how to turn paper into, you know, white paper into green paper. Sure. Cash. Right? So, uh, and it worked. He slowly stopped coming to the office, and I started feeling really weird about something okay, wrong. Okay, you felt it. Yeah, so I was like, what's going on here? And, oh, gee, I don't feel like coming to work today, and it was an attitude thing. Then I said, wow, oh, okay. At this point, I had a little bit of cash to hire one or two employees, and then everyone else was on commission. So they were helping me, and we're running this business. Then uh, I, I went to the other partner, who was my boss, and I said, hey, oh, no, I'm sorry, before going to him, I went to Karen, I said, hey, Karen, so, all right, so, you know, why do we have to pay you guys $50,000 to get approved with you guys? You know, because you know, George referred to it as greasing the bank to get a quick license. She says, what are you talking about? She says, you guys filled out an application and we approved you. I says, you guys didn't receive any money? She says, like, no, why would we receive money? We're an institution that, that operates legitimately. <laughs> why would we take money? I was like, shoot. I didn't tell her anything. I said, okay. Cool. There was another broker involved, supposedly, and he was receiving a big chunk of money, too. So I said, do you know this guy? And then she says, I've never seen him, but yeah, I know him. And she's like, so I said, he never paid you any money either? She's like, no, he's approved with us from way back. I said, okay. So now I went to my other partner, and I said to him, who was my boss? And I said, hey, I have, I have a bad feeling. She's like, he's like, what's the problem? I said, I think he took that 150000 and didn't do anything with it. I think he kept it. Mm. Like, then I told him why I'm suspicious about this, what's going on. Then he says to me, okay, you need to immediately go get the shares, protect them, and bring them to me, hide them in my office because he might have a bigger plan. I know you just rambled on here, but there's a point to this. Sure. I went to the Japanese guy and I sat him down with my other partner. And this was midnight. We had a, mid, a, late, a late meeting, midnight. I locked the front door and he felt a little uneasy on what's going on. He's like, what's going on? Why are I was like, no, no, it's just, you know, a quick meeting. So I started, asking, I started grilling him these questions. I said, hey, why'd you do this and why'd you do that? Where'd the money go? He says, I told you where the money went, here and there. I said, I checked with this person and that person, and I checked everywhere. The money never went where you said it went. Mm. And amazingly enough, he confessed. He confessed to taking the money. I said, why did you do that? We're actually making money. We're going to make more money than what we just... He said... Uh, I didn't understand this at first, but I found out why months later. He said, I, I didn't think you're going to make the business succeed. He says, I, I just, so he wanted to take the 150. He was using me 
as bait to get the bigger fish sure. that has the cash yeah. so he can run out with the cash. And I was like, so he was thinking the business was going to fail and he didn't realize that it wasn't going to fail. He, that you were going to make it. Yeah, I was going to make it. And I was like, but we're making the money. He was like, he was like, yeah, I see that now. I said, all right. So I took out a paper, I opened up my drawer. I said, okay, so sign this paper that you sign off, sign over all shares. He's like, what do you mean? I was like, I can't be your partner after this. He's like, but I help you get into this business. I said, you also robbed me <laughs> at the same time. So sign over all shares and we don't have to do anything after that. And you have to pay me the 150,000 back. I don't have it. I'll take, I take monthly payments of this much. So I laid out a schedule for him. I had everything already prepped. And I had spoken to a lawyer before that. He says, there's no way he's gonna sign because you guys are making money. If you were a failing business, he would, sure. yeah, he would sign all day. He says, whatever, I'm out of here. But you're making money. So I called the lawyer the next day. I said, hey, I, I, what do I do now? He says, yeah, so he didn't sign, right? I was like, no, he signed. I said, what do you mean? He said, what do you mean? I said, he signed. I, I, he signed over all shares because this was a document that the lawyer, how he told me to type it up. And he says, so he's out. He, he says, send it to me. I sent it to him. He said, how'd you do that? I said, I just told him. He has to pay me back and he has to get, get out of the business. And he said, he just signed? I said, well, the guy realized that how bad he screwed up. The, the lawyer can understand that concept because obviously he deals with a lot of this. Sure. But the guy left. Months later, I get a call from this lady. Random lady says to me, she says, do you know a guy named George? I says, yes, but I can't discuss what we did, sorry. And she says, no, 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 just please hear me out. He went to my sister and he told her I can help you grow a business, same thing that he did with me. And she, my sister made me refinance my home and take $250,000 of, of, of equity and give it to her. She, he took it, three months later, he says, oh, sorry, the business went bust. And then he, and we, the money went to computers and office rent and, and banks that he paid off and this and that. I said, oh my God, I'm sorry, I can't give you any more information, but oh my gosh, that's what was happening to me. Mm. But the difference was, poor lady, she didn't know how to run the business. So she went under and they lost the cash. He took it and supposedly spent it. Uh, with, for me, that money was used as seed money to open up something that turned into a business. Sure. That business actually- You made it successful. First year, uh, we made a million dollars. Second year, we made three, four million dollars. Wow. So it was, now I'm hitting big numbers. From 300 a week. From 300 a week. To a mil and then four mil. Yeah, Man. so millions came in after that. And I actually started living uh, a lifestyle, not, wasn't beyond my means, but I was spending $18,000 a month. This is where my mistakes happen in life. Okay. So I'm still young. 18,000. Yeah, I'm still young, 24, 25 sure. years old, and I'm spending now $18,000 a month. So a little under 100,000 dirhams, you know, uh, yeah, it's about 80,000 or whatever it was. Yeah. So I'm spending this on, uh, I, I bought two BMWs. Of course, because you need Because yeah. I need a BMW, you know, and it's got to be a 7 Series, so, you know. Hey, it needs 22-inch rims, you know, so. <laughs> True. Life happens there, and life yeah. teaches you lessons. Absolutely. And I always thought that, well, I'm always going to make forty, fifty thousand, a hundred thousand dollars a month anyway. So that's how much I'm going to net. So, what's the worst case scenario? I'll net ten, twenty thousand dollars. That's fine. I, you know, I have other incomes from here. No, <laughs> that's not how it ended up. So the business began to plummet, uh, and when it when it really it really went under, I was stubborn. So mm. watching it crash. I kept putting money from my pocket into the business. I remember putting in hundreds of thousands of dollars to keep it alive. Purely and from ego, not just, rational. Just, I built this, I didn't want to let it go. Mm. I built this, I became, because my 
title said CEO and president CEO. You were attached to the title. That's it. Yeah. I, I, this at, at 24, 25 years old, I thought I reached my level of success and I was going to stay on this cloud and ride it. But no, that's not what happened. So that crashed. I learned a, a very expensive life lesson. I went almost broke. And then someone approached me, a, a, a friend approached me and he said, Hey, I got a business that I'm selling and it's in car audio. Mm. So now the chapter of the whole finance, uh, this is where you finance. close it off. Yep. You're trading mortgage backed securities because that business, the reason that we went into the millions is we went from uh, selling loans to trading securities on Wall Street. Mm -hmm. That was another thing that I, the business escalated fast because I learned how to do that as well. And then once it started plummeting and you kept putting money in, but then yeah. you thought it was a black hole. There was a point in time where you decided, okay, we're going to stop this. I can't afford it. I said, I calculated. I said, okay, a few more months and I, I run dry. No more money. Okay. So instead of doing that, I took the money that I have, whatever was left over. And I said, all right, yeah, this came at a good time. I guess everything happens for a reason. Sure. So let's this, pivot. Yeah. Let's invest in this. Close that. This close. Sad moment. Open this. Let's do it. I don't know nothing about manufacturing. So I'm going to start manufacturing now. So I had to learn how to manufacture design. And this was still all in Cali, right? This is all, all in Cali. Cali. Yeah, yeah, yeah. A new industry, you're learning. Yep. Yep. Yeah, yeah. And then there's mistakes that I made that taught me everything along the way because in the next business now, the next lesson. So the first lesson was, you know, knowing, learning more how to read people and how to understand and make decisions, a lot, you know, uh, doing things the right way. So that was important. Mm. And now the next lesson was going to teach me about documentation and contracts and signing and everything else because uh, the guy was amazing, but he apparently had a financial problem. So when we made the deal together, because we knew each other really well, we never put it in writing because we didn't get around to it. Not that we didn't want to do it. We just didn't get around to it. So uh, after the business got up and running and sales are happening, and now this is the manufacturing, the car audio manufacturing. Get inspired. Imagine if you could present yourself, your thoughts, and your ideas with clarity and confidence. Imagine if you could speak to influence and impact. Imagine if you could communicate like a commanding and charismatic leader. Well, you can, given the right information and the investment of effort from your end. How do I know that? As a public speaking coach, I work with CEOs world leaders and presidents. And when they hire me, they expect nothing short of results. And over the years, it's been two decades now, two challenges have risen for me being unable to help the majority of people. I'm usually on a plane with the majority of my time being booked a good year or two in advance. And my one-on-one -on -one session to work with someone in person generally starts at $20,000. So we solved the problem by making my public speaking course available for you online. Everything that I teach my clients when I'm working one-on-one, -on -one, thoughts, tips, strategies, how to do things, all on video, all sequenced in the right order for you to be able to watch, re-watch, practice, and refine your presentation, your speaking, and your overall communication skills. And guess what? You will get results. Now, you can have this course, not for the $20,000 that my clients pay me when we work one-on-one. -on -one. You can have it for $9.97. That's right, just $9.97. You might be thinking, well, 
why are you offering something that you charge $20,000 for for $9.97? It's simple, because those who want to work with me one-on-one -on -one will still hire me. But for many whom I might be out of their budget, this is a great way to develop their communication skills, to cut through the noise, to rise above the rest, and to beat their competition. If you're serious about wanting to develop your skills, to be able to present your thoughts, your ideas, and yourself with clarity and confidence, to be able to speak, to influence and impact, and to communicate like a confident and charismatic leader, then this course is for you. Go on to kevinabdurrahman.org forward slash course and get started today. Making things happen. I, I go visit my parents in New Jersey, come back and he tells me, hey, I have bad news for you. The business that I sold you is no longer yours. I says, what do you mean? He says, well, here's what happened. A, B, C, D. I was locked into a lot of debt. The bank came and took it. I said, took what? I'm still standing in it. I didn't understand the concept. Mm. They own the trade name. Uh, they own all the product that you're, that's, that you're looking at. You cannot take one thing out of the store. And the investment you had made was pretty much all locked, locked up. Yeah, that's it. Yeah, uh, it's gone because they own it now. And that was just a pin drop in the millions that were owed, apparently tied into something else. The problem here wasn't that I lost everything now. That was a problem. <laughs> it was a major problem. Yeah. Okay. At that point, I didn't know what to do. Now I'm completely broke. So it's uh, setting up this particular business, I, I had to find distributors internationally. Mm. So I found a guy that I can deal with who can distribute my product mm. in the Middle East, Dubai, this whole area. That guy rearranged his life and did everything in his life to come to Dubai from California, Jordan, and everywhere else that he was living to make the final move to Dubai and live there and if I, as long as I give him this entire territory to sell the product. So doing that uh, and then uh, losing this business, I had to make the call. It's not an easy call. It's a very difficult call. I had to sit there and think about how am I going to tell this guy, you no longer have a business either. <laughs> you, you two are broke. And I finally said, okay, I just got to do it. It's just like ripping a Band-Aid off. You just got to do it. Give him a call. And I said, here's what happened. One, two, three. Obviously, naturally, he flipped out. He said, how could you do this to me? I moved my whole life and now... You, you can't send me product for me to sell and I built this brand and I promoted it. I said, listen, I have an idea. I know how to get the brand back. The banks only care about cash. They don't care about holding a name, product, and everything else. So I can show you how to buy the brand back and buy the product back and you're good. She says, okay, so... Now you don't have to do this because this was a business, it's gone yeah. bust. This guy has saw he moved his stuff, you yeah. know, he, he reshifted his life and his family and he moved to Dubai. Exactly. But you weren't un, under any obligation to do it. No, I felt obligated because I convinced, you know, like everything else. I guess when you make a sale, if, 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 you, if you do it honestly, then there's an obligation to you know, adhere or, 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 or live up to what the other person is expecting from you. Mm. So you should keep your end of the deal. Sure. You know? so, so it was a moral obligation. Yeah, it was a moral obligation. That's what it was. And then he... Um, I even told him, I said, look, the first year, I'll, he says, because I don't know how to run this business, I, the manufacturing part. I said, I'll teach you that. I'll work with you for a year, free of charge. I said, I'll show you how to manufacture. I'll give you clients, customers, all this stuff. I'll show you how to pick them up, and then I'll let you go on your own, and mm. you'll be all good. He says, okay, deal, but you have to be my partner. I said, I'd love to, but I'm broke. I have absolutely no money after this. Uh, that's it. Straw is broken. There's nothing coming out of it. That's it. There's nothing. Pipes are done. They're sealed off. No more cash. He says... 
we will uh, figure it out later. I says, no, there's no figuring out later. Well, somehow he convinced me. Mm. It didn't take much, obviously, because I'm broke. <laughs> there's a way for me to make money now, and we could really make it work. It's great. Sure. Never uh, make a deal without putting it on paper. So that was a mistake you know, in one way, but it was a good thing, actually, because it turned into something great. Sure. Uh, that, so that you now, have to go through that mistake. I have to go through that mistake, yeah. So now building this business uh, uh, forced me to go visit a place called Dubai that I didn't know much about. I didn't know Dubai at all. And this was when you started visiting in 2007? 2006, seven, no, I'm sorry, 2007, 8, 9, 10. Okay. Yeah. So I was visiting uh, because we were bought in and I had to, well, he told me that I'd come down, check out the place. I fell in love with Dubai. Yeah. I says, why have I not known about this place before? This, is, this place is cool and it's safe and I can live here and I can grow a family here and I can do so much here. Get inspired. You know this by now that we are the number one YouTube show slash podcast that's coming out of the Middle East from Dubai. If you like the idea of having your brand reach at least a million eyeballs per episode, then feel free to reach out to my office on Kevin Abdurrahman. Dot org. Without further delay, let's continue this great conversation. So I said, you know what, I'm going to, I like this place. So we started doing business to where I handled the manufacturing, design and everything else. And I dealt with Korea and China and he dealt with uh, just the sales in the local area. And, and then when I came here to make a long story short on that, it was, you know, you, you, when, you're, when you're told one thing over the phone and you go in person, it's something else sure. as far as the business is concerned. Mm. Dubai is amazing. But when I came here, the business was not running like he was telling me was over the phone because I was handling one part and he was handling another part. But his part was kind of all over the place and it wasn't really functioning. And just, alarm bells were ringing for you? When I or checked, you weren't paying Yeah, attention? well, I would ask him. See, that's mm. the thing. I would always ask, but I didn't want to kind of step over his toes. Mm. So I would force and say, when I, was, when I was in California, I would say, hey, send me over the books. So I would just, because I felt, I figured we're in the building stage, there's no books right now, it's fine. You know, when I get there, I'll, I'll, we'll work things out. Mm. So every time I would visit, I would say, can I see the books? And he would just kind of make excuses how, uh, yeah, later, after dinner, after lunch, after whatever, and then we'd never get around to it until finally I said, let's look at the books, man. Let's see what's going on so we can figure it out. And and was, th was this p after you had moved? Uh, this was, I was still visiting. No, okay. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Yeah, after I had moved. Because now because I'm now permanent. Here, right? I'm there. There's yeah. no, you know. We can you, have lunch and dinner today, but yeah. tomorrow I want to see the books. That's it. Yeah. When you're visiting, you're limited. You're going back, you know. But now when you're living here, it's a different story. So there was another, a, a third partner, a local partner as well. He was a really nice guy. He was involved. And, but obviously he didn't know what was going on with the businesses either. So uh, when he sat down, uh -huh, yeah. Yeah, I, I looked. Yeah, I looked at the business and I just said, after looking at the books, I said, the account is bleeding, man. I said, you're in the red. He we says, ain't making money. We're not, there's no money yet. He says, no, there's money in the bank. I says, there's only money in the bank because these guys didn't put their checks in yet. But once mm. these checks hit the bank, they're going to bounce and there's not going to be any more money left in the bank. He says, no, but I'll keep rotating them. I said, well, you can't, you know, uh, wear Tom's hat to, you know, give Mike another hat. And that doesn't work. You just, you know... Switching hats. That's right, yeah. Yeah, you're just buying time. That's all. Eventually, it's going to hit. And uh, that led me to believe that he really doesn't have a business concept. That, that He was a young guy, so he didn't have the business understanding. But was, you had that background and understanding to be able to read balance sheets. Yeah, I, I understood that, look, uh, I, you know, there's, it, it's one thing to 
make a profit, and it's and it's another thing to keep a profit and cash flow yeah, and, and, so, and, yeah. and and maintain it and mm. build a business from the profit itself. You know, so you you know you can't just take the profit, put it in your pocket, and then hope that the, the business will take care of itself one day. He didn't understand that. So this is a disaster when you look at it. It was an absolute disaster, yeah. and I actually told we said we had a meeting. And I yeah. said the local guy that was there again. He says to me, he says to me, he's like, okay. It, you understand what's going on, so what do we need to make this happen? Mm. And I said to him, after a few days of, I said, give me some time, let me look at the whole picture. A few days later, we went and sat down, I told him, okay, we need a big number. And I told him, actually, I told him, we need a million dollars. They both laughed, actually. They thought it was a figure yeah, of speech. They thought it was a figure of speech. I was like, no, we really need a million dollars. Like, well, what do you need a million dollars for? Can't you make it work with a few hundred thousand? I said, no, here's why. You need a sales department, you need marketing, you need this and you need that. And you, to do this business, because it's manufacturing, mm. it needs to be done this way. And it needs, you actually need to manufacture enough product to last you up to six months. And then three months later, you order again to cover for the next six months. So this way you never have a shortage in product or else you're going to have, you're going to run out of product and then your clients are going to go away. A proper business setup, in a essence, business setup. which wasn't yeah. there. And it wasn't there. And this was... So I said, so they said, okay, we'll raise the money. I said, great. The only thing I have request is uh, we need to raise the money without interest. Mm -hmm. So if you find an investor, if you find a way to get the money that's without interest, you can do profit sharing where someone buys some shares, whatever you want to do, that's cool. Well, at the end, they voted against that. So they said, look, we vote that we're going to deal with an interest-bearing bank and we're just going to pay interest, and that's how we're going to do it. And they outvoted two, two to one. I was outvoted. I was, okay, so, okay, fine. Uh, then we, we went down that path. When we went down that path... He got uh, sneaky on you. He got a little sneaky because he also felt like, I can bring in someone else mm -hmm. that has more money or do whatever to invest in this thing or work with him on it. And now they don't have a need for me anymore. See, in the beginning, they, there was a need for me. Because you had to teach them how to run the business, yes. educate them, everything. Yeah, that's it. Exactly. So teach, educate, show how to get the product, design, everything else. Here you go. I had, that was my deal originally. I offered you that. Why did you make me change my life and do everything and come down? Because now you had shifted your life. Of course. From California See? to yeah. Dubai, right? Unless it was a punishment. It's like, hey, now I'll show you how it works. You know, maybe, okay. <laughs> mm. But that wasn't the case. It was, uh, it, it looked genuine. Like, but I think he, uh, see, when we're young, we also take decisions that uh, may, might make us look greedy sometimes. Now, I don't know if that was the case with him. He's a nice guy. Uh, but Just didn't I, know how to handle it. Didn't know how to handle it. And I, I guess he saw another opportunity. Because the money that was taken in, it was being spent the wrong way. Mm. And it was being, things were being done the wrong way. And I told him, you're going to run out of money very fast if you keep doing what you're doing. That's when he called <sighs> you in for a one-on-one -on -one meeting? That's, uh, yeah, well, that, exactly. That's when I think he started feeling the negativity. It's like, okay, you know, if he's not with me on how I'm going to spend the money and how am I going to do this and that, then maybe he shouldn't be part of it. I don't know. This is assumptions right now. Mm. But one can guess and say possibly. He calls me in and he says, hey, look, uh, what do you say, how about if you buy my shares? Shares of what? Shares of the company. He says, I want out, you can buy my shares. I told him, man, we're millions in debt. Company's upside down. You guys took this massive loan and, and we're in the red. The shares are worth nothing. Well, he set you up. He set me up because immediately after that, the punchline was, how about if I buy your shares? And you just said, said it's worth nothing. Yeah, exactly. I said, okay, I got it, man. I said, 
You wanted me to say the shares are worth nothing, so you can take them for nothing. All you had to do is ask me to leave, and I would have left. I said, you know, he said, no, well, don't get upset. And I said, well, it's not about getting upset. I said, just the way you did it was wrong. But it's okay. I'm out of here. Uh, so, so you move on. I moved on, and I went looking for a job. <laughs> because 15 years of... 15 years of self-employment. And now I'm going on the unemployment line. Well, there was no unemployment line in Dubai, so you had to find employment or you had to leave. You know, but I couldn't even afford to leave, so I had to find a job. So I stood in line everywhere interviewing. No so one would hire me. Definition of flat broke. Flat broke. No one would hire me. Yeah, I mean, it, there were, it was just amazing thinking back. But it, 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 the reasons that they gave for not hiring me was like, well, you've been president, CEO, CEO, president and the, of all of these companies for the past 15 years. What are you going to do for us? I was like, well, I, just, I can do sales. Put me in the sales department. So you're willing to let go of your ego and uh, go down and do yeah, sales. Absolutely. I got to make money. I got to make money to live now. Now priorities have changed. Goals have shifted. Now I need to, need to make money. Uh, and then no one would hire me. They said, you're overqualified. Oh, we can't give you a, this type of salary. It's too low. You're not going to perform well. Because I was like, well, just let me do it. No one would give me that chance. Until one day, uh, this one company, nice guy, and they needed someone to help run their business, their operations. And they gave me a position. And it was chief operating officer. Mm. And that was where I began to stand on my feet a little. Salary was good. And it was for the first time in a while where I can actually breathe without having a stuffy nose, I guess you could say, because, yeah. you know, blocked up with everything else. It was good. And uh, I ran that business for, uh, what, from 2011, I think, till about 2017. And, and man, I think this is where yeah. <laughs> I need to say that, um, but this is the part from 2013 to 17? 11 to 17. 11 to 17? Yes. Things are good, you now have a job. Yeah. Standing on my You're feet. okay. Unblocked nose. You don't have to worry yeah, about things. I can breathe. Yeah, I can um, breathe again. You've got a wife. You've got kids. Yes, yes. And you can take care of them. I can take care so of them. So life is good. Life is good. Now we're, we're at par, you know. We're at par. Yeah. So we're yeah. okay. <laughs> but throughout all this time, yeah. and this is all so far you just being right brain, right brain, right brain, yeah. right brain, right brain. But throughout all this time, yeah. what was the, like how did photography come about? Photography was a place I escaped to, and that was something that I loved. Uh, my I remember my first camera when I was young, when I went out and I just wanted to take photos of trees and sun, and uh, I was so excited. You saved up for that, right? Uh, yeah. yeah, yeah. Most people save up for a car yeah. as kids. I saved up for a camera. And before that, actually, I had the cameras that had the little roll in them, you know? The, <laughs> yep, exactly. Yep. And then uh, that's what I took photos with in the beginning. And I was always fascinated by photography and video because I thought it was like, how do we do that? How do we capture something, a motion that someone did or something in time that's now locked in on this little square because we used to print photos. So it's locked in on this image. So this is amazing. I was just, you know, fascinated by that. Yeah. Like, this is cool. But I was uh, enjoyed photography because... Uh, it was my moment to capture another moment, uh, you know, so uh, I, I have this thing in my hand, you could call it a pair of eyes if you want, mm -hmm. and I now can decide which moment I want to capture and which moment I want to let go. 
So sense of control. There's a sense of control, but there was a, a pleasing sense of control. Mm. It wasn't a power. Sure. It wasn't. It was a. Like you could frame it in the way you want. Yeah, I, if I want to wait for the sun to be right above the tree, I would sit there and wait, and then I would take my camera and I would tick and. And did you have? Would you have the patience for it? Yeah, I always did because I was always one of those people that would go sit and ponder and think. So I would go that my escaping moments in New Jersey. There was a mountain called Garrett Mountain, and I would go to Garrett Mountain by myself, and I would sit there and look over the city, and I would wonder about my future, where it's gonna go, mm. where it's gonna be, what am I gonna do. And uh, photography uh, played a small role in that because I can now capture these moments and remember them, you know. While you were so, meditating and thinking. Yeah, just thinking and like, you know, was, uh, and I, I found, that's when I think I realized, I didn't know what the term landscape photographer was back then. I, you know, I discovered it later on. But that's when I realized, like, I'm a landscape photographer. I did not know that, you know. <laughs> so, it was just I, by what you were doing. I enjoyed, I enjoyed, uh, you know, the, uh, watching the landscapes, and now I enjoy capturing the landscapes. So uh, there's a new definition now called cityscape photography, which ties into the same thing because the cityscape is our landscape uh, in Dubai, at least, or in New York City. Sure. And uh, and photography was always in and out of my life. It was always something that I ran away to and did, and then came back. And I remember, in fact, when I became successful and made the millions. I bought my first expensive camera. That was your treat to yourself. Yeah, and I bought the expensive lenses, and everyone laughed at me because, like, you spent thousands of dollars. Why would you? And you're not a professional photographer. And I was like, well, it's something I like doing. You know, so I wanted, I, this is what I want. I bought the BMW, yeah, man. And buy the damn buy camera. camera. That's it, yeah, you know. And, and uh, learning about different angles and lenses and fisheye and this. All self-taught. All self-taught. At that time, nothing. Uh, just, just all experiencing the world and, you know. Your I, own curiosity. The first digital camera I had was this small, yeah. a CyberShot camera, and I remember. Oh, man, I remember those. Uh, yeah, 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 and it, was a, it had a long memory stick. It was a Sony long memory stick that goes in. And that was when I switched over from the rolls, mm. film rolls, to the actual digital. And I was, I was amazed. I was like, wow, this is cool. This is next level. A whole 1.2 megapixels. <laughs> this yes, is amazing, yes. you know? Uh, uh, yeah. It was pixelated. Oh, that's a nice one. Yeah, camera. this is incredible. <laughs> Look at this. Yeah. And 1.2 megapixels. 1.2 megapixels. I was, a, I was a big man at yeah. that time, you know? <laughs> But uh, that's how photography really uh, played in until, you know, I, I did good as a, an operations officer. The company liked me. The people liked me. I liked them. I, I enjoyed working with them. And then I started setting a goal for myself. I said, okay, it's time now to go back to where I was when I first finished college. I had goals, aspirations, dreams. It's time to dream again. If you, if you stop dreaming, nothing ever happens. You got to keep dreaming. So what do I want to do? I've always liked photography and video and, and, and the whole production aspect of, uh, uh, of how it operates and works. So content creation started becoming a big thing. Mm -hmm. so, okay. And you so, were aware of it? I was aware of it. Yeah. So I said, okay, so content creation, people, what do they do to create content? Okay, so you know, a guy captures a nice image. A guy sits next to a cup of coffee and he does something funny. Mm. People and, blog. And did, yeah, and then I started learning about Instagram and said, all right, so people post photos. and Okay, I, I enjoy this and I enjoy that. And I can see in this communication, I love talking to people. So I, I have to talk to my, through my captions and visions and writings and mm. whatever. Mm. So I said, okay, I can do this. So then I started to enjoy it. So I would go. So here you're still working, right? Yeah, I'm and, still working. Yeah. And, I'm and you set up your Instagram account? Yeah, after, after work, I'd go out, start shooting a couple of shots, 
post them and then I remember receiving my first likes. I was like, whoa, these people liked my photo. This is amazing. Like, they really liked it. They just, you know, look at that. They just, they, they got, there's a heart there and they hit like. I was fascinated by it. I was like, wow, let me go take a few more. So I started taking more and then they started liking more and then people would type stuff like nice photo and okay, people, maybe, they, maybe there's some people that like my work. So then this kept happening and ha then I really started liking it because um, I started now focusing on it and I started investing in it time-wise and uh, product-wise. I would buy the right equipment. Yeah. Kept going and going and going. A year went by first uh, before I made the initial decision. Uh, then I spoke to someone from Sony. Uh, so I've always known Sony. Mm -hmm. So that's what I've known my whole life. Uh, from my first camera to, uh, well, okay, Kodak was first, yeah, the, the roller. Yes, but, yeah. that's right. Yeah, but I've always known Sony, and I said, hey, I spoke to someone from there. They looked at my profile, and they said, nice pictures. Nice pictures. Keep going, and let's see where it leads you to, and then maybe we can bring you on board. I said, okay, cool, I'm excited. Uh, and these are just passive conversations you're having while you're still holding down still a job as my COO. Job. Yeah. yeah, and I'm still doing my job, still doing my duties. Then I eventually got to a point where I said, okay, I'm going to give myself a one-year goal to become a full-time photographer, content creator, and everything else that has, comes in between. So this is my goal. I set that goal, and then... You made a public announcement. I made a public announcement. Guys, today, because stories, I was, you know, I love to talk, as you can tell. So... Uh, Stories was, became a big thing on Instagram. Right. So now I became, I started talking to thousands of people. And did you make the decision after you had spoken to your wife before? Or she yeah, was aware? Uh, no, 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 she was aware. Yeah, okay. yeah she was aware. Yeah, yeah. So I said, I'm going to make the decision. Yeah, having a support system back you is very important sure. in life. You know, that's very, very important. I would imagine it would be very difficult for a lot of people that if, if there's no support system behind them, mm. you know. So I said, I'm going to make the move. Um, and, and in your mind where you go, okay, I'm going to give myself 12 months. Yeah. I'll either do it. Yeah. And then if it doesn't work, were you okay with going, I gave it a go and then I'm going to go back to the corporate world? There was never a, 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 that I can't, it's not going to work. Okay. That, that part never came into my mind because if it didn't work, I got to find out what didn't work so I can make it work. So I was, a, I, I just, when I said, honestly, I, I could, I have to be honest with myself now. When I gave myself 12 months, I already resigned after, before 12 months because I was committed already. I said, I'm just going to give myself 12 months to see if it works. No, I made the decision there. I'm leaving after 12 months. But I was just maybe fooling myself. I don't mm -hmm. know, just saying I'm going to give myself 12 months, sure. give myself a one-year plan. But I, in my heart, I knew I made the decision already. This is something I loved. And uh, when 12 months came by, I remember sitting with one of the owners of the company. And I was telling him about why I want to leave. So one of them was really understanding. And the others were just like, you know, you sure you want to do this? You know, this is something that you could do as a hobby, not really full time. Mm. But this one guy, one of the, uh, he says to me, you know what? You should do what you're going to do, wh what you really want to do. He says, looking at you explain to me what you're trying to go work and do. Yes. Shows me how passionate and how much, like, there's a smile on your face. Yes. And when he said that, I said, yeah, he's right. I said, actually, I'm actually excited to go do it. I don't even know if it's going to make money, but I'm excited to go do it. 100%. You could even see the shift in you when yeah. you started speaking about photography. Exactly. I could see it. Exactly. Yeah. Now, I had a business plan, but 
I didn't know if it was going to work mm. like anything else. So imagine now, here we are years later, standing on my feet. I'm making money, but I'm about to let all that go too. There's another six-figure salary that I'm letting go as COO to go and do something else that I don't know if it's going to make money. Passion project. Passion project. But there's a plan still. But know? this is the thing. When you, make, when you make a decision, and what I've noticed as a pattern is yeah. you're not like an indecisive, I'm going to try it out. You're like... Yeah. I'm going to make a decision, yeah. whatever it is, yep. you jump both feet in. Exactly, exactly, yeah, 100%. Uh, he didn't look at his watch at all. Yeah, <laughs> yeah see, they, they, they don't teach you that trick, I guess. <laughs> I made that too clear. I should have went like this. <laughs> that would have been better, you know? No, but uh, so, yeah, I, I always made a plan, or I tried to at least make a plan before making the move. And... Uh, you know, minimize risk. Yes. Educated guess. Uh, I don't know what you want to call it, but it was but you also had that confidence and optimism. I'm yeah. going to make this work. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, there was always a pen and paper that came out and drew the line, pros and cons. What could I do? One, two, three. Okay. If I do this, here's what happens. If I do that, here's what happens. So this is something that I always kept with me, you know, uh, and when I made the move, it was pre-planned and it was, how am I going to do it? So my idea at that time was, all right, I'm going to open a company and I'm going to tell my friends who are photographers and bring them in. This is, you started doing the photography, you built a following, and that's when you realized, let me open up a company? That's when I realized, okay, I can make money from this. Uh -huh. I don't know how, but I know I can make money because I can sense that there is something behind it, you know? If, if people are listening to me, then somehow they'll pay me. I don't know how, but I think I can make money from them somehow, and they could still like me and pay me. Because there's, you know, there's always the hate salesman idea. In my mind, that was always people hate salesmen. Uh, but I, can, you know, I figured if I could do it you know, legitimately, legally, nice, uh, give, value. Friendly, give yeah. value to it, sell a service, people will pay for it. And I'll never forget what really pushed me over the edge to do it, actually, was there was a, a young lady living in, uh, in downtown Dubai. She messages me one day on Instagram. She says, hey, your photos are amazing. I'm leaving Dubai for good, and I need a memory to take back with me. Would you mind taking some photos of the area and I'll pay uh, of, of, the, of my area? And I was like, yeah, sure, I'd love to do that, no problem. I didn't think it was for money at that time. So she says, okay, so how much is your rate? And I started thinking, okay, hold on a second. I best set up a company. Uh, wait a second, now wait a second. I said, wait, maybe this is how I can make money. I did, okay, how much is my rate? What is my rate? How do I come up with a rate? How did you come up with the right? Yeah, how, how, do, how, how, how do I know? What do other people charge? How do I know what my value is? Because so, at this point, you weren't making money out of it. No, you were just... I, this, this is when I was working. Yeah. So I, this, I was like, okay. So I told the lady, yeah, sure. You know what? Because um, you're one of my first clients. This is a salesman hat coming on. This is, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to really give you a good deal. And she was a really nice person. She was an amazing person. And she was the first, first person. I told her that. And that was the absolute truth. I didn't know what to charge, so I charged her for a whole bunch of photos, 400 dirhams. Wow. Yeah. And what a great deal she got she in told, hindsight. Yeah, what a she, great deal. Yeah, she told me, she's like, oh my God, that's a great deal. Sure, are you sure? I was, like, I was like, yeah, yeah, don't worry about it. Yeah, I honestly didn't know what to charge. So I was like, yeah, yeah, it's fine. Don't worry about it. And I said, okay, so I got to learn. That's what led me to start thinking mm -hmm. I can make money here. I just need to understand it, how to make money. Once I learn it, I'll go do it. And that's what really pushed me. So, so you I still to follow her on Instagram and she still follows me. She's oh, in London right now. Awesome. Yeah, 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 yeah. Awesome. Years, years later. Yeah, yeah, it's amazing. Shout out to the first customer. Yes, yes, exactly. 
So, uh, so then you decide, let me set up a business. And yeah. Well, I went to my friends now. I said, guys, let's do this. Look, we're <laughs> photographers and I know we all have jobs and here's what I want to do. I am quitting my job and starting up a business. I'd like to bring you guys with me. So let's have a meeting. So everybody came in. We sat at a certain coffee shop and it was a large group of us. And yeah, because I just went crazy here and invited everyone to be a partner. And <laughs> I got over anxious, over excited, I guess, because I wanted to do things with my friends. Sure. And I thought that would be more fun, you know, then there was a lesson to be learned here, too. Uh, so what ended up happening was we made the decision. So from the large group, there was eight of us. And so from the eight, uh, a few dropped out and said, no, I'm not going to make the move. So... It, we dropped out. Some of them dropped, and then the rest continued. Mm -hmm. We opened up this business, and there were some struggles with a few in the beginning, and there were some really good guys, but I think there was just uh, a lot of not being on the same page, mm -hmm. I guess. And there's just too many chefs in the kitchen or whatever you want to call it. I guess we just had a different way of seeing this, doing business. So we, you know, couldn't, uh, we, we just didn't agree on certain things. So, and it was the problem what you said, too many chefs in the kitchen. Too many chefs in the kitchen. Yeah. Everyone had their way of doing business. Whether their way is right or my way is wrong, it, uh, it, it didn't matter at that point because uh, we're just not agreeing on it. wasn't cohesion. What, yeah. I mean, if we can't agree on what's wrong, then we'll never agree on what's right. So, I mean, that's, uh, that's one way I saw it. Here we are a year later now into this business together as partners. And there's a lot of, uh, you know, just not connecting and everyone's, we're not agreeing on leadership. Mm. So to make a long story short and not hurt anyone's feelings, whether I'm wrong or they're wrong or whoever's wrong, it doesn't make a difference. I decided to make the move. I said, okay, because, uh, you know, I have to keep moving forward. Sure. And if I see my mental, as you can see, the way I think is if I see something is not going to move forward, I got to make a, I got to make a move. A decision. Sure. I can't sit there and, and, and either watch myself sink or not do anything about it. And you know? don't wallow about it. You're like, okay, this yeah. is the situation. Uh, that's it. Got to do something about it. I got to make a decision. Whether it's going to hurt or not hurt, I have to make a decision. So, and can I ask you, so before yeah. you, you, you took the next step, what's the lesson here? Because ah. it's often the first thing we think about. I want to yeah. do it with people that I like. Yes. Uh, but then, yeah, there's the mistakes of not having it on, on paper. Yeah, yeah. that or was the first one this, before. Yeah, yeah in, this case. in this case, it just seems like the culture or the vision or who has to deal with what wasn't set out in terms of clarity. I think when I first had the idea to run, to open this business, it was I loved what I do, what I do so much that I wanted to do it with my friends. Yes. And I wanted to somehow money to keep coming in while my friends are with me and we're all doing it it's together. It's going to be a blast. It's going to be a blast. It's going to be fun going to work. It's going to be a party every day. Mm. So that's where my mistake was. Uh, I should have kept my friends as friends mm -hmm. and business as business. And I should have done that. That's kind of where my mistake was. Uh, because uh, I'm friends with many other guys, but I know that business hurt a lot of relationships sure. between other individuals too. Sure. So that was a little tough. That was a little, that was a little hard to swallow. You know? But if you were to do it differently, I guess you are doing it differently now. now. Yeah, so what I decided to do after was, okay, uh, and this happened by chance. Actually, you know how decisions happen sometimes is I sit there and think and pray and ask and wonder and, 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 and then put things on paper. And this one guy kept calling me. Uh, I get a lot of calls from Instagram, so I can't answer all of them. Sure. But this one guy kept messaging and calling and messaging and calling. And 
And I thought he was just one of those guys that just wants to have a cup of coffee or come say hello. And it's really hard. I would love to say hello to everyone and go have a cup of coffee with everyone. But it's hard to do it when it's thousands of people. Sure. You know, so, and the reason that people always say, well, why do you have your number publicly? I was like, well, that's how I get business. Sure. Uh, I have that. Especially number. if you're in the Middle East, yeah. you've got to have a phone number. Or also, how am I going to get business, yeah. you know? And, and then, uh, and then uh, I finally take this call because I see his messages and I was like, man, he just wants to have dinner. That's all he wants is dinner. And I can't do that. So I just I was like, hey, how are you? And just, how can I help you? Yeah. Nice guy. And he says, um, yeah, hey, look, I have a business idea I want to talk to. You. Oh, thanks a lot, man. Appreciate it. Thanks I'm done for with business yeah. ideas. I, I, I'm a, I already have a business. At that time, I was in my business, with, you know, but I was nearing the end. I didn't sure. know what to do. So uh, thanks, but I'm okay. Thank you. And then he's, uh, he, I didn't hang up, but he's like, well, just hear me out. I was like, I'm not interested. I, he's like, just, just, just let me tell you what it's about. I was like, there's nothing you can tell me is like what you know it's like look i'm right here in, in the area that you're in i'm in business bay and oh, man i looked at the time all right all right uh i'll give me a couple hours since you're very close it's no problem went and sat with him he gives me this big sales pitch on look i'm gonna i want same business that i'm in already i said but why would i start the same business with you when i have another business with partners mm. and i'm it's already running he's like look you don't need them i was like Whoa, <laughs> that's a strong, uh, you know, that's strong words. He's like, what I'm trying to say is, look, you business for yourself, and then, uh, you know, you and I are partners, I'll put in the money. Uh, I'm not interested, man, I'm not interested. He's like, look, just think about it. Mm. I was like, all right, I'll think about it. I went home, and then I sat there, and then it hit me. I was like, wait a second. I'm trying to find a way out, and I've all of a sudden, God me. sends me a way out. Why am I not taking it? Mm. So I said, wait a second. Maybe I should entertain this idea. So I started thinking, working out my own numbers and figuring things out and this and that. And worked out a whole business plan overnight. Called the guy the next day. I said, look, man. Honestly, I, didn't, I never thought I would say this. But I'm considering your idea. I didn't think I would leave the company that I you know, opened with my friends who are my partners. But the decision I guess needs to be made and you just made it easy for me. Um, so here's my numbers that need to be in the business. This is what it takes to get the business going. And we're partners. I put in money, you put in money. And he says to me, oh, something changed with me and I'm no longer interested because... Overnight. Overnight. Uh, something happened and I have to take care of it. I said, are you serious? I said, man, you pitched me for two hours, and you were convincing me, and honestly, you didn't really sell me, but the fact that what sold me was, I have a situation that I need to leave, and now you gave me a way out, and now you just closed the door. I was like, are you messing with me? Is this like, you know? <laughs> he says, no, no, I really have a situation. I can't do it right now. Maybe we can do it like later on in December or next year or something. I said, all right, man, no problem. Hey, thanks. You know what? Yeah, you're right. Things happen with people. No problem. I understand. Cool. So I left. Then, I was thinking, okay. But it got you thinking. That's what it did. That's all that guy was there for. He was only there to make me think a different way. Right. You can do this on your own. Right. That was the seed that was planted for you too. That's all I did for the next two weeks was, how can I do this on my own? I think I can. Let me do the numbers. Click, click, click. Make phone calls. Do this. Hey, get a trade license here instead of there. Uh, I have a friend that I could, that can help me out instead of being in the free zone. Come in the mainland. Put the license with him. Be you know work it all out that way, and I can run my own business, and I can just call it my own name that I'm using. After all, people know you by that, and they're That's calling it. you because of you, because of your brand. Absolutely. 
So I said, man, I said, you know what? I'm going to do it. So I start planning and planning. I made a, an entire business plan, how I can generate revenue streams, how I can do things. I made a whole booklet for myself and, and said, okay, if I do this, I'm going to do it. These are all the ideas that I had before that I couldn't implement. I'm going to implement them now. I'm going to do them now. And then I went to the guys. We had a meeting and I said, guys, uh, look, uh, things just need to be this way. So Band-aid uh, approach. Yeah, I, I, I'm going to leave. And... Uh, it wasn't a it wasn't a good com it was a very aggressive conversation but um, it needed to happen. Mm. Um, I, I don't let things hang for no reason and I don't I just that's, it's got to be done it's got to be done. So I made the move made the decision it hurt me it hurt everyone but if I didn't do this I was gonna drown and I wasn't ready to do that you know that's not what my personality or character is about. So I, I keep pushing even when I'm drowning I try yeah, I keep going and that's what I did and. Opened up the company and business started coming in. People started calling me and things started moving. I started meeting with people. Opportunities started coming up and here we are. And today you've got big brands knocking on your doors? We're doing okay. Yeah, you're like doing very thank, well, thank man. Thank God uh, that we're doing okay. We got some brands that are working with us and we got some consistent business. We have contracts and we have, uh, I have a team. So I have a team in my, I have an office in Business Bay. Good man. Full staff. and Like captain of your own ship and, and, and you lead the way. CEO of my own company. It yeah. says chief executive officer. And that was what I promised myself more than 20 years ago. But this time I'm trying to hold on to it instead, you know, and not lose it. I gotta man, make that, that's fantastic. The cool thing is we didn't get a chance to ask you questions like if I want to take pictures yeah. with my phone and so forth. Yeah. But hey, that's why you've got your podcast coming yeah. up, right? <laughs> yeah. With well, the photography. Yes, yeah. Working on a photography uh, podcast with a friend. Okay. And he's an awesome friend. And it's nothing to do with the brand. This is just about photography. Fantastic. Because so, um, what, what we will do is we'll make sure that we'll put in your links. Cool. Uh, that's um, awesome, man. Yeah. And the show notes at the, uh, the bottom of the YouTube video and also the podcast when they're hearing it. Amazing. So once that launches... I'll put the links in there for you. Amazing, man. That's amazing. Um, bro, what's, um, wh how would you like, you know, wh where can people follow you? Is Instagram the main thing? Uh, I have a YouTube, and when I started TG Media, started setting it up, the YouTube, I, I, it kind of staggered a little bit, uh -huh. and now I, I, I'm bringing it back to life. Okay. But the Instagram is where you see my life every single day. I mean, people saw me walking in just a little while ago okay. to this podcast here, cool. and uh, so that, that's where you see it. So I'll put the links to your website, we'll put yeah. the links to Instagram, we'll also put in the, the YouTube links in there. TG from Dubai. Yeah. yeah. Um, before I let you go, yeah. a couple of questions. Yeah. What was the best piece of advice you received that has helped you get this far? I think one piece of advice that I can give some, if I was to, if someone was to ask me, hey, what, you know, I want to do this, what, what, what should I do? Mm -hmm. uh, you know, I would tell them, look, it doesn't matter what you're doing. What matters is uh, thinking, it, thinking it through, mm -hmm. planning for it. Mm -hmm. Planning, I think, was always something that I did consistently throughout my life. Mm -hmm. Whether it was right or wrong, or I succeeded or didn't succeed. I always planned for it, whether I planned for success or I planned for failure. There was still a plan. Yes. Following through, mm. going all the way, never halfway, never, uh, I'm going to try this out if it doesn't work. I never had the idea of if it doesn't work. In fact, that's why one of my businesses crashed because I never thought that it doesn't work. Well, it just needs money. All right, I have some of that. Why don't I just put some of that in there and it can keep going? Mm. You know, obviously that came to an end, but uh, I, I think being positive is very important yes stay around people that are positive stay away from negative people mm. make them associates if they're family members 
God help you. But yeah. <laughs> I mean that peacefully. I don't mean that in a negative no, way. That's true. But if they're family members, just try to stay positive. And, and if they're friends, keep them as distant associates in the, in the sense of uh, when it's related to business. Sure. When it's not related to business, of course, love and care and do everything else you need to do. If you're the smartest guy in the room, you're definitely in the wrong room. Oh, I know every, everyone heard this a million times. But I, I, I've always felt if I'm around people that... I know I'm a better salesman or a better content creator than, or I can't really benefit from their knowledge much. I'm not in the right room because mm. I'm not going to grow. I'm going to mm. stay behind. Mm. So I try to, fine, I still need to be around these people because yeah. they're great people, but I need to find another circle that I can gain knowledge from. Never stop learning. Oh my gosh, never. I, I, every single morning in my home, there's a workshop. Because I wake up in the morning, cup of coffee, uh, whatever I've been doing, whether I went shooting and came back, uh, I turn on YouTube and let's see what I can learn today. Interesting. Every, every day I'm learning something. And it's, uh, even if it's sometimes repeating what I've already learned, just to uh, freshen up and yeah, man, it's, it's, it's very important. Man, that's, that's, these are gems, man. Yeah, this, this is something. These are gems. This is what helped me. Yes. I mean, other things might work for other people, but for me, this worked. You know, and being positive. Never seeing the negative part, you know, if, if I don't get a sale or I don't get a deal, it's not the end of the world. I just move on to the next one mm. and I try come back into the, come, coming back to the first one. And just from what you've shared with your stories, you could tell that you're not, you could easily in any given situation with any failure or any setback, you could easily just sit and wallow and get depressed. Yeah. Whereas you're just, hey, this is it. I just got to do something about it. Absolutely. What's a rubbish piece of advice that you were given? that you knew immediately. Unfortunately, with all the good advice that's out there, there's also yeah. rubbish advice that people give. Sometimes they're not ill-intentioned. It's just rubbish advice. What's one that you've heard or you've been given? I remember people always telling me like, you got a good thing, why are you gonna let it go? You know? Well, if, if it's such a good thing, then I would not, you know, I wouldn't wanna let it go. Mm. But the reason I wanna let it go, it's not a good thing for me. Yes. You know, so uh, it might be a good thing for someone else. That's not what I wanna do. Being safe. Yes. Is a negative thing. I know mm. that sounds weird to say. Being safe is a negative. Being safe is a negative thing when it's not really what you want to do as far as life's concerned. Yes. Uh, it doesn't matter what you want to do in life. It doesn't matter. And, and money. Money is a, money's a bad thing uh, when you put it first in your decision making. You know, money is a very important factor in yes. business. In fact, without money, there's no business. But in your decision making process, there shouldn't be money. Well, uh, I want to make this much money to make this much money, put that aside now, come back to that later. How do I build this business to eventually come back to that and see how we can set goals, set budgets, set, you know. Yeah. And, oh, well, here's another good piece of advice. The, and for business, success in business is not how much you can sell for, it's how much you can buy for. So uh, if I'm selling a bottle of water, mm -hmm. uh, the success in business is what I learned in business at least, uh, in my experience is if I buy this, for two dirhams mm -hmm. or two dollars and sell it for three dollars i just made two dollars if i buy this for 50 cents or 50 fills and i sell it for the same amount of money i just made three four times more so well said well said yeah and and that applies in service that applies in everything so if i hemorrhage myself with all these costs and values internally and then i go to sell a service i'm going to make this much but if i figure out a way to streamline it to where it's not costing me as much and sell for the same price as the guy next to me, I'm gonna make this much. And you're right, it actually, it applies to every aspect because I think it's Warren Buffett and a few other yeah. you know, thought leaders who said, you make your money in the buying. Yes. 
That's right. right. It's not in the selling, that it's in the right. buying. Whether yeah. it's real estate, yeah. companies, or you know, the examples of I didn't, I didn't know you said that, man. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Well, great minds think alike. No, no, I mean, honestly, that's great that you told me that. I did not know you said that. That's awesome, yeah. man. He's a smart guy. <laughs> yeah. 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 Yeah, just a little bit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, you've got three beautiful kids. Yeah. Yeah. Uh-huh. I'm going to let him go. I promise. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You've got three beautiful kids. Yeah. I'm sure they're learning a lot from you because you're leading by example. Yeah. But if you could only teach them one characteristic or one trait uh-huh. or give them one way of thinking that will give them the best chance to live the best life they can, and you could only leave them with one, what would it be? Plan things out. Nice one. Yeah. In a world where attention is so like just sporadic it's everywhere and yeah. we don't have the attention of our audience or of people and what have you if you have the world's attention for 60 seconds mm-hmm. what would you tell them if i had the world's attention for 60 seconds what would i tell them <laughs> go follow me on instagram <laughs> and i'll tell you all about it <laughs> you'll see yeah. it all in the stories you'll see it in my stories uh be positive Stay away from negativity. These are stuff, you, things that you hear every day. Uh, plan things out. Uh, don't give up. Uh, try not to give up. If, so, if, if something reaches its limits and you realize it, you exhausted it, okay, make another plan. Make another goal. But these are things that we learn in school when we're young. You know, goals, expectations, what to anticipate. And, you know, you go in, uh, you plan for the worst, expecting the best. And, uh, or is it the opposite now? <laughs> it's the opposite. Yeah, so it, it's just really have a plan and don't let, get, don't let other people bring you down. Man, you are truly an inspiration, man. Oh, thanks, man. You're and being too kind, No, man. no, it's true. You truly are an inspiration. I only uh, speak to people I genuinely admire because it, it really shows. Um, thank you for making the time. I know you're a busy man. It was hard to get you and uh, people are waiting on you. Yeah, I, no, I, I know appreciate that. that, yeah. Thank you so much for having me. I really appreciate it. And uh, yeah, for sure. I look forward to uh, seeing you guys again and much success to what you guys are doing. Thank you. I appreciate it, man. uh, Folks, man, there were gems in this video. Gems, if you're listening to this, please, I recommend you guys to watch it. Watch this video again or listen to this podcast again. I guarantee you that there will be even more that you uh, learn by going through it a second time. I I do it a second time because I take summary notes, which we make available on the website. But um, truly what you said, there were so many lessons in there. I know that TG is a renowned photographer in Dubai and in the region, and we never got a chance to get into photography, but we're going to leave that for his podcast. This was really um, our idea with the show. You know this already, that we don't want to show off. We want to help you get inspired, get informed, and get going. And I truly believe that we were able to do that. Um, having TG share his story like he has never done before. Yeah. So this is the first. This is the first. And I appreciate that. Thank appreciate you very much. That. Thanks for having me. Much appreciate, appreciate it. it. Thank you. Uh, if you have any questions, please ask them below. I'll try and answer them. Uh, if there are questions that relate to TG, I'll ask him to answer them. Yeah. Or um, we'll do the socials. One way or another, we will get them answered to you. Amazing. I'm Kevin Abdurrahman. This is How Do They Do It? Friend, from whichever corner of the world you downloaded and listened to this podcast, I hope that my guest and I have given you something to think about, to talk about. Once again, I would appreciate you subscribing, sharing, and reviewing this podcast. It would mean a lot, especially if you resonated with our guest. Doing so will ensure that more people hear the gems that were dropped by our guest. Thank you for taking the time and allowing us in your world and having your attention. I'm Kevin Abdurrahman. This is How Do They Do It.